Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Our swords are huge and our hair is spiky, so we can only be talking about one thing in this episode, and that's Final Fantasy VII on Normies Like Us. You're Eric, nice to meet you again. You're going to stand there and pretend you can't hear the planet crying out in vain? I am that which you see before you, nothing more. He's got balls. Uh, so then, what can I get you? My money. Welcome back, normies and our honeybees who are here to experience the Final Fantasy VII saga with us, your hosts at Normies Like Us. going to be a little bit of a different one. We're missing two hosts, but we got your boys here, Colin, a.k.a. Cloud, I guess. I'll be uh, Michael Reactor, and we're also joined by, <laughs> yes, two very special guests, and we like to think experts in this field. Yes. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Um, I'm Adam Bigsnet instead of Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Indeed. another special guest. Um, I'll be Chris Highwind Painter, I guess. <laughs> Chris Highwind. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that works, know. dude. That one's it's not even classy. in this game. First time uh, <laughs> well, guest on yet. the show. Right. Yeah, we'll and, get uh, you know, just so we can get kind of credentials out of the way, uh, Chris, this is for you. What is the um, combination for the Shinra Mansion safe? Right 36, left 10, right 59, right 97. Ooh. And the big materia on the rocket? Circle Square XX. All right, so we're pretty oh, and, good. Hey, r- really quick. <laughs> and the piano song, Do Re Mi Tila, Do Re Mi So Fa Do Re Do. There you go. Uh, guys, he's right. locking so, eyes with us. He's not looking he's at a page. This is a Final Fantasy VII expert for sure. <laughs> and that is not scripted. And let's go around then and get our baseline. So, Chris, I started with you. Then we'll ask Adam and come back around to the front. Uh, what's your kind of background with Final Fantasy? As we know, it's a, a Japanese RPG from 1997 from Square Soft at the time. Uh, and it's spun into a whole compendium of companion pieces like Dirge or Cerberus, Before Crisis, Crisis Core, Advent Children, things like that. So let us know, you know, what's your kind of background with the franchise Final Fantasy now that we have a remake, which we'll be talking about later. So it's my second uh, game in the series I played. I mean, I played the original NES one, you know, for a little bit, but I never, you know, my Nintendo at the time was not that great. So, you know, a lot of problems. So this kind of what sold the PlayStation to me was this game. So I was like, oh, it just looked so awesome. And really, that's kind of what started my JRPG boom of like my teens was in 97 when that came out. And I just kind of got on a roll after that with RPGs. So I guess you could say it's like really my first, first RPG I got like really in depth with like as far as the lore and all that stuff. Yeah. And as far as what you've retained to this day, you know, I remember playing this and you would always be giving me tips because I was a bit younger. And um, clearly it's kind of stuck with you and you're a big fan, I would say. Uh, tell us about what you just did on Remake before starting this up. Oh, I did. I got the Platinum Trophy just now before I... Nice. Damn. <laughs> I wanted quick. to finish up... Well, I wanted to finish up the hard mode to really dig in. Uh, I, I know, uh, Mike, you were going with... Uh, you did the OG, mm-hmm. you know, the OG... Midgar. Part, Midgar part, and then I did, uh, so I just decided to run the hard mode while you were doing that, and yeah, so there's, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get in there, but yeah, you've beaten the original multiple times, hard mode, you were showing me your stats, you pretty much wrecked the remake, so we'll, we'll get into it, but a big fan for sure. Adam, uh, bring, tell us, uh, you know, your background with the Final Fantasy series, because you just also did a Midgar run as well before this podcast. I did, and I was blown away by how quickly Midgar flew by. Because uh, 
my experience with this game, uh, I, I don't know that I was even aware of Final Fantasy, but I have a vivid memory of being, you know, I was probably eight years old, and my dad came home from Little Rock, the big city in Arkansas, and he had a bag from Best Buy or somewhere, and he said, I don't like these kind of games, but it has really good reviews, and I think you might like it. And it was a PC big box version of Final Fantasy VII. And I was so confused. It was just like, <laughs> wow, this is like a big present. I don't, like I don't know what this is one? about. And yeah, yeah, the sweet trapezoid Eidos hey. box. And uh, yeah, I didn't know what to think about it. Because I was like, I knew Dad absolutely hated anything with item management. I was maybe only familiar with JRPGs from like Pokemon. And... I mean, it just, it really cemented itself in my psyche, Midgar. I could not beat Midgar for years. I played it over and over to the same point and died again and again because I had no understanding of, like, materia. I was just pushing my way through. Uh, But I thought about it for forever and finally, you know, really put some time into the game when I was, like, 14 and pushed all the way to the end. Nice. What point was that that you kept playing up to uh, out of curiosity? The in Shinra, when you go into the elevator on the way down, there's an elevator boss that has oh, two yeah. stages, and I, I don't know what it was about that boss, but I could not beat it. And it, dang, like so close to the freedom of the game too. That's just like such, it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> it's so I heartbreaking. Had to get to you almost no were cha- unshackled. <laughs> I just, I couldn't figure it out. I also remember getting stuck uh, under the plate with the pyramid attack and not understanding attacking my own characters as, you know, a strategy. So you get so, the trine off of you, yeah. Yeah. But as a, you know, as an eight or nine-year-old, it just blew me away. Um, I really felt like I was doing something maybe I shouldn't be when I got to Walmart. You know, it's really edgy for an eight-year-old. Uh, sure. But I, I love the world so much. Awesome. And you've played a remake. Uh, all of us here, you know, Chris, Adam, um, we've been, like, streaming and watching each other's streams in quarantine of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I know you've been getting, you got that through that as well. And we'll be talking about that later. But, you know, you also, do you enjoy that, you know, comparatively to the original? Um, I will, at this point, I'll just say I'm glad it exists. Um mm. And which was maybe not a surprise to me, but I was worried that I would not be glad it exists. <laughs> so, yeah, I did enjoy my time with it. And how about any of the uh, compilation stuff? Advent Children, Crisis Core, Dirge of Cerberus? You mess around I, with any of that at all? I played Crisis Core and loved it. I don't know how much. It was a long time ago, and I think a lot of it was the novelty of having what felt like a console game in my pocket. Um, but I I played a little bit of Cerberus, and I saw Advent Children, but only once. Gotcha. Okay, well, now you got a Nintendo Switch, so console games in your pocket is <laughs> a novelty a now. Yeah, it's a new norm. Um, Colin, your background with Final Fantasy VII. This is an interesting one for me. I'm a younger brother. This is what I would call a co-pilot game. My brother has three years up on me. I have never physically touched this game to actually play and partake in it. I have sat next to a kid on a CRT monitor, you know, in a basement that's unfinished in our pajamas where you would do that thing where you would pull your like shirts over your legs to stay warm and sat down there for (laughs) hours at a time watching him play it to the point where I thought, why don't I? Yeah, I thought today it's like, 
why didn't I ever play it? It had multiple save slots, right? Like, why didn't I ever give it a mm-hmm. shot? Fifteen. <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a satisfying uh, co-pilot experience, I think. Uh, it's just a cool story remember, to watch go out. That's uh, Final Fantasy games. I've watched more of them than I've played because I feel like they were they were big enough spectacles as a kid that you could sit and watch them. And you don't feel like you're missing out too much if you can occasionally be like, nah, use fire. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> wow, materia. Check over yeah. there. Yeah, and I was kind of shocked That's to hear true. you guys say that you had experience with the other Final Fantasies. I was trying to think about it after you said, Adam, what were the other JRPGs at this time? We had a little bit of like the Chrono, you know, franchise mm-hmm. in our trigger, family, yeah. like a little Ooh. bit of that, some Sudi Coden or however you say that. Yes, Sudi Coden came. And I believe I, I think Tales of Destiny came from Japan that year, right? Or maybe that maybe that was totally not maybe sense that was because we were maybe that was so into the Tales games. Yeah, but the but Final Fantasy Seven. Out. This was the first time I mean, we played a Final Fantasy. Yeah, I mean I, for me too. This Final Fantasy Seven kind of spoiled me on a lot of JRPGs oh, because sure. even just the Midgar section is so like my aesthetic and uh, the the melancholy of it. I just I played many more later, and it was a long. It was Chrono Trigger before I really found one that I loved again, which I didn't play until much later, because I would boot them up and I'd be like, "Wow, this is like high fantasy." I'm yeah. looking for some rust. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Adam, kind the of an opposite cast, direction, right? where the ones that got me were the tactics games. I was so into Final Fantasy Tactics, and a shout out to our host Jacob, who's not here. He wanted me to give special mention to the one on the Game Boy Advance, Tactics Advance. Oh my god, those yes. games, dude. Hey, Great game. Nice. Oh, yeah. I've got 200 hours on both Game Boy Advance games. <laughs> when so I was uh yeah, no when <laughs> it's it, because it's a sickness. Yeah, no like right when I it was actually right when I was going in the navy like before I was deploying to Iraq and stuff, like those games came out. So it was just like having that in my pocket like <laughs> these guys are shooting machine guns and I'm over there out maneuvering people trying to cast Ultima. <laughs> oh, this guy's a summoner. That means I'm going to be able to get Shiva out. This In a is pre-switch important. world, hell yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Those are classic games. Oh, so yeah, sure. I got probably 100 hours on at least the first Tactics Advance. Oh, yeah. But before we um, jump into here, I want to throw it to yeah. you guys just to say, because, you know, Mike, we got to get your history on it, too. Don't you guys feel like this is the most 90s video game ever made, though? Final Fantasy VII specifically. Everything is huge, extreme. There's sort of like hip-hop is infiltrating it. And then the biggest thing of all in the 90s that people forget, the green message. The fact that it was like, the Earth is dying and we have to save it. There was a weird, like, movies of the time, like... um uh, men at work like in particular i remember where it was like we got to save the environment like a lot of films just talked about we have to start going green and here was a video game that was already doing it yeah you know now that you mentioned that you know it's funny that you mentioned that because all of those 90s films the green earth it all culminated into the matrix right in 99 because that was like oh, the that's ultimate good chris yeah doesn't it isn't it like the ultimate earth ending wow, movie yeah. and it and plus it's the same and it has the same like green overtones and themes. Oh, but the, thing, the twist punk. of that is it's like the apocalypse already happened and we don't even yeah. know. And it's like, oh, shit. I yeah. like that. There was plenty of throwaway lines, though, of like some snooty corporate guy being like, oh, those tree huggers. You know, yeah. it's like that. that's what Avalanche is. Pretty is much. The, the, the tree, tree huggers, huggers yeah. right? And Shinra is the asshole. So 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mike, all right, we got to hear um, from you now, though, because I see you've got your big spiky hair up. You're holding a sword that mm -hmm. looks like it's nine feet long. It's just <laughs> shooting out from you. I, I hope that's a sword. That's right. Well, let's both hope so. I was just at the Honeybee Inn, so who knows? <laughs> um, so my, my path of Final Fantasy is my first JRPG as well, Final Fantasy VII. And actually, because Chris played it, he's a little bit older, and I would co-pilot with him. I got a PlayStation on my birthday, and the only game that I got was FF7, and I was constantly calling his house, asking for tips on how to beat it. But after that point, I got bit by the JRPG bug, you know? You got it. Go on and go on and let the people know what your dad said the first time you laid eyes on it, though, because it's like it's the best line. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We're play I'm playing it in the living room, and we're both playing it. My dad walks across the living room just to go to the other room, and he's not a gamer or anything. He does like computer technician work and stuff, and he looks over at the screen and says, "Wow, the graphics on this are amazing." <laughs> and it just keeps going. Hell in yeah, still are, baby. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but, you know, same thing with, like, Advent Children came out, um, mixed feelings about that, and then Crisis Core, I played that a little bit. They even had, like, the cell phone game before Crisis, didn't mess with that, Dirge. I only watched the cutscenes because I'm a big Gactyl, Gact fan. He did the, yeah. the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. But this game, what I, the reason I want to mention is kind of the compendium and companion pieces is, you know, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. I beat, you know, the remake, but most of us here did, and then it's been getting kind of stretched out into this franchise for a lot longer than you think about if we're thinking of just the remake. And for the purposes of this podcast, it's kind of that's the culmination is the Final Fantasy VII remake. So I want to keep make sure that's in perspective. Spectators can look at it now in a post Final Fantasy X slash X2 world where it was the first time mm -hmm. that a story was continuing in the Final Fantasy world. I remember that being a huge deal. People were like, it's going to be the same characters from the game that you like. And then I just remember my brother being like, well, why couldn't it be seven? Because those are the characters I love the most. <laughs> and Uematsu and Kitase haven't worked together since Final Fantasy X. So they're reunited for the Final Fantasy VII remake. There's a lot of interesting parallels. But I guess for the people listening now that we've given you a baseline and where we're coming from, this podcast normally we do our movies, comics, and games. But uh, because this is such kind of a uh, cultural event and, and interesting franchise and product... We're going to be looking at three distinct things about the Final Fantasy remake and comparing them with the original. So we're going to be looking at the presentation, you know, graphics, music, sound, things like that. We're going to be looking at the gameplay. How does the combat work? The materia system compared to the original, the puzzles, mini games, things like that. And then finally, which will be the big spoiler section, will be the story. How does the story live up to, change, diverge, improve, or uh, damage the original? And there might be light spoilers throughout all these sections. I want you to be warned. But that's how we're going to break this down. And at the very end, we'll give our final thoughts and final scores on Final Fantasy Remake. This is a niche like us episode. This is not for the normies. We're obviously very sensitive to the normies on this podcast. We love you. And you had to have heard of this game in particular. Again, I would say it's the most fucking normie game of the 90s. But people who like Final Fantasy, 7 in particular, this is the episode for you. Yeah, it, it made RPGs accessible to normal people by being cinematic. In 1997, it made RPGs accessible to normies. Before that, it was no way. Well, on top of that, I would, I would add on top of that, I think the remake kind of busts down the door again for casual normies because of, I don't want to, uh, how do I say, the, the Midgar Maycry mechanics, right? I guess that's all. I guess that's all. <laughs> I, like I guess that. that's all I can say. I don't want to, you know, give anything away. But you know, we can give. I mean, it's very, it's very, right? very action intensive. Very action intensive. 
Absolutely. And so we're going to dive into all that right now. We're going to talk Final Fantasy VII Remake versus Final Fantasy VII OG. What do we like? What do we hate? Let's go right now. We're talking presentation right after this on Normies Like Us. We're here, Normies. We're in Midgar, uh, the city where things are about to happen. It's a little bit photorealistic. Uh, obviously, you guys see the pre-rendered pictures behind me as I'm isometrically walking around and bumping into things. Uh, and we're going to be talking Final Fantasy VII like we set up top a little bit looser and just kind of talking about our favorite differences and things we liked about the game. Yeah, so this first section, I want to talk with everybody about the presentation. Obviously, the original 1997 JRPG, it had pre-rendered backgrounds, early polygonal characters. It had pretty impressive models in the battles using a turn-based battle system and an ATB gauge. Uh, that's a little bit more on the combat side. Presentation-wise, we have pretty striking backgrounds and visuals, but a little bit goofy-looking character models that are pretty endearing in my mind. I kind of like those. So, uh, Adam, let's start with you. Fire How do you feel about the original Final Fantasy's presentation before we talk remake? Uh, one of the things I've always been worried about with a remake, because, you know, my friends and I have been talking about a remake since, you know, the, the early 2000s. Uh, we wanted one. But I was I was nervous because, uh, you know, never ask for more when you love something. Just love it. And uh, for me, I, I like have such a nostalgic connection to when I was a little kid, I called them games with old graphics or bad graphics games. Um, stuff like that can appeal to me. And specifically the pre-rendered backgrounds in Final Fantasy VII, I don't feel like are replaceable. They're just so nailed in my mind, these little dollhouse worlds um the pc version has a quirk that has been carried on to every other version where the characters have mouths um, oh, yeah. <laughs> in the open world and they look even stupider uh, so you know uh they look a little silly to me but uh, i like them and i like how much like they're flipping their hair even though they have no fingers and like the way they're animated is uh cracks me up i, I kind of love everything about the way the original looks yeah, the kind of interesting physicalities to tell a character. Like, Barrett will get so mad and bump into somebody. It's pretty good. Chris, how do you think, uh, how do you feel about the presentation of the original? Oh, man, it's there's nothing like it, right? I mean, that, mm -hmm. I can't really think of a really steampunky game that popped off the screen like that with just still images in the background that had, you know, with a little bit of, you know, steam and flare coming out of this stuff. Other than that, you know, it's basically, like I said, it's just a pre-rendered picture, so... I mean, with what they had at the time, I mean, it's amazing. I like to kind of consider this thing the Mario 64 of RPGs, where Mario 64 kind of created the template for this is how you do 3D gaming. This was like, here's how you do a modern RPG that's cinematic. And a lot of companies basically try to copy that format and that style going forward, too, with like, you know, cinematic battles and epic cutscenes, things like that. Mike, you famously kind of taught us on this podcast uh, in a Resident Evil game. They do this similar picture background. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which one you said on that, but was that a style? All that a three lot of the originals. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Huh. And I think that helps, like you were saying, with the environment because you know you talk about your OG Final Fantasies. You go in to the small room or the small, uh, you know, house, 
the roof comes off, but it stays the same small size. You know, here you enter a new room and your whole screen's full of a new room, a new environment, you know, just like you're saying for Resident Evil. So it is really impressive when you think about just those little things. Yeah, and you can get away with a lot, like a lot of it has staying power, much of what Adam said. Like when I was redoing my Midgar only playthrough just to keep it to what is covered in the remake, I was just still blown away by the way some of these backgrounds look, especially in the slums and climbing up past Walmart and stuff. They really do look great. Um, something that this was also heralded for, you know, and maybe we could talk about this is, you know, the, the cutscenes and cinematics were like groundbreaking at oh, the, the time. F- like, yes, FMVs. Yep. Yeah, they're insanely good. And now you look at the remake and everything looks as good as Advent Children, if not better. So there's something interesting where we can kind of talk about the remake and its presentation where everything's been taken up to the next level. And I think they really nailed it. I really think for my money in the remake that they really succeeded in getting the sense of what Midgar should feel like in modern age graphics. I don't know, Adam, how do you feel about this? Sorry. Well, I... uh I, I agree with you like 90% of the way like that. The demo sequence of the game was just blew my mind. Uh, the, the few things I have gripes with are just like Midgar is supposed to be dark under the plate. I feel like, you know, I think they specifically say the sun doesn't get in mm-hmm. here. Now, it wasn't oh, yeah, like a they huge explain that turn later. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they explain that a little in the remake. Um, I didn't have any like big turnoffs, but the, the, the slums did feel a little different to me. They felt more real world. Like, it felt like what a slum would look like. But I lost some of the individual character. Things kind of, some parts of the world kind of turned into a blur uh, for me. Whereas, like, you know, every screen of the original has these individual components. But, I, I mean, that's, like, the ultimate nitpick. I think this is one of the, the prettiest games from, like, a world sense that I've played. Adam, you kind of mentioned up top, uh, specifically, you like the little black market that they kind of hang out in. Now, when there's differences in the remake, because you just kind of hit the nail on the head, which is expansion. Everything is developed more, quote unquote. Is it too in your face? Who knows? My question to you is when you go to that market and it's completely different looking than the other game, does that bug you that it's so much bigger? Yeah, I'd say that was probably the area I might have been bummed out the most with. I think a big part of that, too, though, was the music uh, ah. definitely hit me there yes. in a much different way. Yes, That's also part of presentations music. I was bummed when I saw Walmart from the soundtrack standpoint, but it's actually one of my favorite areas that they changed the look of. I, I oh, enjoy really? like, Everybody's the classic Everybody's so one. negative on it. it, Mike. Really, you like the remake. It's probably the one thing that I'm going to like more in the, in the remake, but I, I liked Walmart, but maybe I'm on, I'm the wrong oh. side of history there, but I did not like the music. It reminded me of Hong Kong or like Kowloon or something, you know, and like a very cramped back alley, but yeah, that's my money. Um, Chris, what are your th- other thoughts on kind of expanding the world also, like Colin said, if you think about that? Yeah, the, I mean, just, you know, to talk about, you know, like you said, when you're looking at those pre-rendered pictures you know you've always thought i wonder what it looks like in there you know and you can some of those parts you know when you're in the reactors it's just you know i feel like i'm 13 again i'm like i'm in there you know so Mm -hmm. so that you know that the nostalgia yeah the nostalgia stuff just crushes at some points but then other thing you know then they add some other things that are unnecessary you know like i don't know like you know when you're doing the collapse highway part and you see that collapsed hand and you use it one time, but 
we all know what happens there. <laughs> yeah, well, right. very famously, Chris, in the original, you're only doing the robotic hand one time. My understanding with the remake is there's like five of those all over the place. There's three events of it. One is, so the first one is you just pick her up. Second one is you move a box, then pick her up. Third is you move a box, another box, or you move one box, switch hands, move the other box, switch hands, grab her, put her on top of it, switch hands again, grab her, and then put her, so also uh, she can kick a ladder down. And it's so, just, it's such an overkill, it, and you can't really say that's adding depth to a game. It's, you know, a chore. Exactly, Chris, when we're talking expansion, you don't want it to be like, well, okay, we'll copy and paste the same thing three times. That's expanding, that's building on something. Like, no, it's not, motherfucker. Yeah, like, right. Play. That's a little bit of the gameplay tease, too, uh, but I agree with you. Like, There's some things that are expanded, but if you look at the original game, they had a lot of dungeons that was literally the same hallway three times mm-hmm. that you would run on the same screen. So there was, like, to its DNA, there was some copy-paste happening. Um, but, you know, it comes with the territory of being in 1997. What do you, what do you think about the, the look of the characters while we're kind of going through presentation stuff, That's though? the biggest question that I need to toss to you guys. Uh, and, Mike, I'll start with you because the okay. aesthetic for those characters, obviously they're iconic. Now, Chris, I know you're a pixel fan. You always say bigger the better. So you like seeing just as many pixels on them as possible. <laughs> but no, those, you know, those classic sprites, is it just nostalgia, Mike? I mean, they don't look good, dude, in my opinion. Okay, so first off, yeah, the sprites uh, on the overworld, they look a little, a lot rough, but I think they have their charm. And, um, you know, I think Adam might agree if I throw it over there in a minute here. Uh, so there's three models you're looking at. You're looking at the model in the cutscenes, the model in the overworld, and the model in the battle screen. I think they actually look pretty good in combat. Like in the oh, combat, combat screen. totally perfect. I the agree models with you look there. great. But in the overworld, yeah, they're super goofy, but something about having like a steampunk overworld with that goofy character model I like. Now, in the remake, obviously, they look amazing in everything. Um, but that's kind of my thought. I, they have a charm because they're so bad, you know? It's almost um, like you're, uh, you don't, and, you know, when you, you don't want, when, you, when you're a baby and you're resistant to the new toy because you like your old beat-up teddy bear, it's like, you know, it, it, has, it has personality almost that, it's inde- mm-hmm. is endearing Dolls to you. Dolls in a dollhouse. Yeah. yeah. No matter how... If only it had a mouse. Yeah, no matter how many eyes you ripped <laughs> off it. <laughs> no, Adam's right. right. We don't want mouse in this. <laughs> yeah, Adam, what are, you, what are your thoughts on these uh, Super Legos? I mean, I, I can't... <laughs> they are that like, is what they are. They are Mega Bloks characters. Yes. Well, that's, that's what yeah. I was going to say, actually, is it It feels like you're moving toys around in a playset um, with the, the overworld models. And... Uh, yeah, I, I have always, it's something I've hesitated, I knew other people, when I try to get people to play the game who haven't played it in a current time, it's like, they're not going to look at these models and be happy with them. Um, for me, it's just been something that helps me suspend my disbelief, like, kind of the worse things look, the more crazy they can get, and I'll <laughs> be emotionally pulled by them. Oh, that little red tiger's talking? That's okay, because it's uh, made of Legos. <laughs> that totally makes sense. <laughs> I think that's a good point, because the original game, I think, almost feels really goofy with some serious shit in it, and the presentation in the remake is like, it's very serious with some goofiness in it. Like, because it's treated mm. so realistically, like it's almost like. like an inverse in, in tone, well, that's, minute by minute. The the model the the way they they made Cloud in the remake Cloud looks fantastic. You can see his mm-hmm. veins under his skin. Well, yeah, Adam, um, he's I, in a K-pop band. He, he 
I think it's a great modern translation of the character, but when he looks that beautiful and he's devoid of personality, uh, I get a rub. So I don't want to like get into the story section, but I'll say Old Cloud might look bad, but he speaks with exclamation points sometimes, mm. and uh, he, <laughs> he feels he like makes sarcastic. Jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> he's a funny dude. But New Cloud is just kind of his voice acting. I think his voice actor is fine because this is all presentation too. His voice yeah. actor, I think, is fine. But yeah, he's just very dry and like no fun allowed, kind of you know. And, and that's that, not the Cloud that I grew up with. Yeah, well, that's oh, never I, how I pictured him. I think he's the uh, best out of the voice actors, though. One of yeah, especially oh, I, yeah for sure. And go for, ahead, Chris. No, for sure. I think maybe the problem is like so they got Cloud doesn't get emotional in the game till like disc too because they really that's when they get invested into what's happening but what they're doing now is they got you know you know they got invested early on this one Mm -hmm. but they didn't it seems like they kept him midgar cloud but they brought the world into midgar but they kept him midgar cloud when they should have they should have gave like especially the when the most you get out of him at the at the very end of the game when you're running around with barrett we're a pretty good team. Yeah, who would have thought? Like they, 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 they <laughs> kind of I played the old game. Yeah, they kind of talk to each other for like two seconds, and that's just after, you know post battle. Instead of well, I'm not going to talk about what's missing, but we, you know what's missing. Yeah, you know what's missing. That's, boys. That'll be the story. <laughs> we know what's happening. I think they they all look. There's such beautiful translations of what they looked like in the the like the battle sequences of the original like they all look really great the poses. but i was hoping i was hoping tifa might look a little more natural and i'm not saying like i'm not saying that that uh you know it's it's about the bus size there's something about how tifa moves in the game when she's just running around the overworld that looked a little clunky to me Adam, and do i you didn't think know the... if they were going to update it to make it a little less you know like because I do get embarrassed. Like it's hard for me to play this game in my house with my roommates, and they walk in and they see that I've got these two beautiful girls running around, going, "Oh, Cloud, we love you!" And one oh, yeah. of them is still dressed like a bartender <laughs> in combat. Like one of them's dressed like a honeybee. Adam, do you like the costumes? Do you think they translated pretty well? I. I, yeah, I think so. I think for the most part, aside from the gripes I just had, I think Aerith looks has an update, and I, Cloud's Cloud's uniform is is dope. Sword looks great. I think what they were able to do, like they definitely spent a lot of time looking at what is the DNA, what does Final Fantasy VII feel like, and like they did a good job of making it look like what I imagined it to look like when I was a kid, like. The reactor and its scale, the way Cloud looks, Barrett, I think, is spot on with his dope vest. Like, how do you make a guy yeah. with a gun arm, like, realistic and, like, not goofy? They fucking did it, you know? And even the way they expanded Jesse, best girl, uh, and Wedge <laughs> and Biggs, like, their designs are, like, exactly like they were in the original. They're just a lot more actualized. And I, I really give Square credit for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess voice acting wise, I do think there's been some misses uh, as we kind of reach the end of the presentation sector, uh, getting near there. Um, I think Jesse is a bit of a miss. I think Aerith is a bit of a miss for me. And Tifa um, are not the greatest uh, Ooh, for me. Those but are two big any ones. Thoughts Mike. on the voice acting? I like Barrett a lot, though. I think Barrett is a standout, oh, yeah. in my opinion. Especially, especially later. It- but I can hear the planet crying yeah. out in pain. I do. <laughs> I, I would. I 
like I, I liked T- Tifa was hit and miss at points because there was times that she came, you know, she came flat. No, you know, pun, no pun intended there. But uh, with Aerith, she never comes off. Yeah, you know, like with Aerith, like <laughs> it was such a, it was very generic to me. Like I, you know, and I was you're so excited to get her, and you're like, but it's almost too over the top. How she's like her, you know, she almost acts like she's six. Like, Sweet little girl. Yeah, and I, I, under, you know, maybe, maybe that's. Due to the psychological factors of being locked up in Shinra, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know where they went with that. But yeah, it she just I don't know, it just felt generic to me personally. But and like I said, I already said what I said about Cloud, but yeah. Barrett and Red and uh, Red Thirteen was fantastic. That, oh yeah, I was that surprised was, by yeah. Red Thirteen. That was fantastic. That was great. And Ru oh yeah. god, Rufus, fantastic. That was For as little as he his, got, even yes. in the original. That was like when good. he gives his little you know, because he he actually does his little speech instead of flying mm-hmm. off, so it it's good. And the Turks were oh, good too. Man. I think uh, Reno, the way the Turks were done in this was yeah. Great. Oh, especially rude when you're like he gets two the, sunglasses. The, yeah. he gets out another the, pair. Like, of yeah. that's, that's, that's like, a nice that, touch. That was the comedy. That's the relief I needed constantly in this. Exactly game. when you're beating mm-hmm. the crap out of him, and you stop in the middle and air. It's like, have you had enough? No. I don't think that I have. Throws a new pair of sunglasses on and starts, be- starts beating you up again. <laughs> no, I don't. Be- a good no, yeah. I don't believe that I have. Yeah, that was that was a yeah. very good line. That really good. That had me going. And Reno just being over it the whole time. Like that's good. Pres- good characterization of the Turks and kind of everybody in Shinra, even Heidegger and Palmer. Like everyone's you'll just ne- shit. We, we get a little bit of anime syndrome, I think, with the characterization. But overall, you'll it's never fun. go wrong with Bender. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. If, I don't <laughs> no know if I'm allowed to say that. But yeah, yeah. No, you're fine. But yeah. Man, I'll say, I thought Cloud was good. I don't know who does him for Advent Children. I cannot remember. I'm like, Adam, I only saw that like one time when my brother went to It's a soap opera star, ago. but I forget his name. That makes sense, Mike. It is <laughs> such a soapy, wallowing performance. I was kind of happy to go back to the mysterious loner who's just kind of got like a sexiness to him. Where's my money? But my pay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Cloud's dialogue in, in this game. All right, the let's mayor. go do chores. You're like, what? All right. <laughs> uh, we were calling it. That'll be in the gameplay, which is coming up. I think the last <laughs> thing we need to talk about with presentation that I say they nailed, it would be the soundtrack, unless there's anything else Ooh, I'm missing. They crushed it. Did they cut some bangers out? I mean, do you guys have all the songs you yeah. want in there? No. Well, they cut some bangers. It's not a 100% success rate. Adam, you, you go ahead. Well, I I will admit to being uh, totally steeped in nostalgia for the original soundtrack. I mean, I remember when my friends had orchestral versions, I was still like, guys, turn that shit off. Put on the original music that was made <laughs> with you. the PS1 the sound chip. I think if you listen to the original soundtrack in headphones, what they were able to pull off is amazing. Um, I, I have... A, you know, an affinity for the, the soundtrack as much as any other part of the game. And when when the remake did it the way I wanted it to, it was perfect. Like, uh, I was really worried about, um, I think it's called Underneath the Rotting Sky Pizza or something. Mm-hmm. Has this chunky bass line in the original. They left that bass line. There were just a few points in the soundtrack where the, the, the full orchestra kind of washed out some of the, like, the highlights that really peak out in the uh, the digital soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I lost a song or two that I really liked that I'm sure will be in future installments. What they could have benefit from is the same thing that, you know, the Resident Evil 2 remake did. 
if people weren't fans of the soundtrack, they they made it so you can actually just apply the you know, and that, that's what was funny to me because when they did the Final Fantasy X, the um the HD versions, mm-hmm. they let you use the arranged or original. So I was kind of like I was kind of shocked that you couldn't go into the options and just throw the original soundtrack on there if you felt like it because it, you touch all the same parts anyway. That's an easy W. That's an easy win. If you just yeah. want to hear the same battle theme every time, why would they stop you, right? And the wall market was a little bit sad. And we never got a proper fanfare either in the remake, you know, when you win the battle. Yeah. We never got a oh, satisfying one. You, you get the version in the arena, and it is weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the fanfare in the original, when it cuts out of, you know, the 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 whatever, the front end of it, and it goes into that kind of arpeggiated... Like, uh, it's so good. I can listen to it for hours. Oh, you leveled up. And I would just, yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's like the, uh, it's like the Christmas morning. It's like, it's like your parents calling you for Christmas morning because you hear the, you hear the music is like, okay, am I going to get a cool item? Like, you know, you're about to see the next screen. If you're about to get, yeah, am I going to get, how much money am I getting? And did I gain any limit breaks? You know, did I master any material? Like you've got all these things that are going on after. R.I.P. Mastered Material. We'll talk about that. And uh, yeah, yep, yep. But yeah, I I totally agree. Like, I mean, Barrett mouthing it one time was hilarious. But then, I, it's 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 almost <laughs> I, like I wanted yeah, it for real. Yeah, Chris, I was waiting how, for the big payoff. Chris, how big is Materia in your mind in this new world? Because sometimes mm. when Cloud is jamming it in his sword, I'm like, that fucker is huge. Oh, no. And then other times, Tifa's putting it on like a wedding ring. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, so, yeah, that, that's what fascinates me, too. I'm glad you brought that up. Because I, when I was doing the, when I was fin- cleaning up Platinum today, I had to do the other set. There's, there's two sets of the, of the wall market. There's one, you know, there's the one where you do the quick ones to get the good dress. And there's the one we do the long parts mm-hmm. with Johnny, and you hack, you actually use your materia to do things. So like when you talk to the cook, he's asking you like, "Hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with my restaurant." And you can use your fire, ice, your electricity, and whichever is the highest level is what you use to answer with. And it's the same thing you use the assess for something. And when Cloud's holding mm-hmm. that sucker, it looks like David Bowie on Labyrinth. <laughs> I swear to you, I'm like, I'm like, how? Oh, that's a good reference. I'm like, how? How? But when the sword's Fucking on his crystal back, ball, when size. the sword's on his back, you know, it's like yeah, glasses he's jamming in that yeah, hole. It's like Leon the Professional glasses size, but you got David Bowie doing the rave dance. But yeah, that's it's like the size of a shooter, like real. in marbles. Yeah. yeah, like how do you fit like four of them <laughs> on real. a bracelet? But they're holding a giant one. Yeah, I think the the size is a. Uh, However big it needs what I thought, to be. <laughs> what I thought would have been kind of crazy, though, like in Advent Children, when they just put it in their arms, that's what I was wondering if that's what they were going to do on this. Absorb it. But then I was like, how is that going to work? Because you can't upgrade your arm. Like, it, my arm. But I don't understand. Where will Red slot it in the next game? Because obviously he used to have like the, the feather indication. Right? Yeah. yeah, that was his accessory. But it, I mean, but do you think you'll visualize it like they do in this game? I think what they'll do is his hairpin will have some kind of collar because he's got the spike collar, right? In the OG. And, and oh, yeah, and yeah, can, yeah. Instead of, yeah. Instead of spikes, there'll be different things in there. That's, that's what my imagination tells me. But, you know, who knows? Because, you know. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I, I agree with you guys that the soundtrack has some, like, good new songs. We got, like, every version of the Chocoboo <laughs> song you could ever want. 
But they never did a single Chocoboo noise in the game, unfortunately. Chocobo? Chocobo, sorry. For for those that are actually, yeah. We had a debate off-podcast listeners on on how to say certain Final Fantasy words. I'm sure you guys did as well. We also had Raymond noodles back Mm -hmm. in those days, so Uh, we didn't didn't know what was happening. Yo, grab me those Uh, Raymonds, Mom! I thought about that today, too, (laughs) when I I was re-going through, because... they're talking about materia, and then there's just one part. And when you're in the Walmart, when you're in the Walmart, and you're coming out of the inn, you hear somebody guessing. I don't understand how they how materia works. But then the rest of the game, everyone says materia. I'm like, what? That's what a voice actor says. Yes. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so, like he's like, I don't understand how materia works. I was like, I wonder if it's like just a local yokel. That'd be like that'd be great if you go when you go to the Chocobo farm if. Chocobo Billy says Chocobo or something like that. Just, just I for hope the fans. So. Like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Someone's going to say Imutai because yeah, I, I, Mako was tough, but the Japanese pronunciation would be Mako as the way their syllabary works. Sense. But I, it's always going to be Mako to me. Um, but speaking of materia and how the heck it works, maybe now is a good time to switch over to the next sector, going to Sector Two. That's talking gameplay, Final Fantasy VII Remake versus the OG. Coming up next on Normies Like Us. We're back talking Final Fantasy VII. We'll be talking about the combat and beyond in the old game and the new ones and the differences in between. Talking Final Fantasy VII, guys. We we touched on it a little bit using Materia, getting in those fights. Uh, I mean, how's it holding up for you? Obviously, the combat is wildly different in the remake. You've got the uh, Kingdom Hearts director kind of applying his style to it. Did you guys like that, Mike? Does it kind of flow for you? Yeah, so this game was made, I think they licensed also the Unreal Engine for this, which was the same engine they used for Kingdom Hearts 3. Nomura directed Kingdom Hearts 3. Also, he was the character designer on the original FF7, so he kind of get to direct this one. So it does have similarities to Kingdom Hearts by default, they even asked the Kingdom Hearts team to help them with some of those mechanics. You have to update it because even as I was replaying, and this is my opinion, uh, the original uh, Midgar section, um, it feels like the mechanics of traditional JRPGs don't age well to modern gaming kind of casuals. Like, it's really hard to You're get... You're talking walk and stops? Walk and stop, random battle, and the, the active time system. I think that's really a hard sell for new gamers. Um, I like it because that's what I grew up with, but I could see, like, you have to freshen it up, and they just went with what's closest, Kingdom Hearts. It's an action style. And honestly, for me, I think the combat was, like, the most fun. I really think they nailed it, being able to switch between characters, which you do control each character in the original game. It's just now it's a lot more realized. Um, let's start with Chris. How do you feel about the update to the combat and comparing that to the original on the remake? I love almost every part of it. It's okay. very, very good. It's, it's great. I am not too high on how intelligent the AI is when you're not controlling <laughs> True. It's like Goofy <laughs> and Donald all over mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Well, they, well, at least the games, like at least Goofy and Donald are reactive to what's happening, but... You have to have, um, to be healed by a character that's not controlled, you have to have the auto-cure material. Like, there's mechanics that should be in the game, in maybe like the gamut system in 12, kind of, 
that you should just be able to kind of set character behaviors during battle because there are certain situations where, you know, the airborne enemies, Cloud can't, you know, Cloud just jumps up and whiffs at him, jumps up and whiffs at him, (laughs) Tifa jumps up and whiffs at him, and then the interrupting, like, being able to be, I, I understand, like, the cost of ATB, like, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm charging up for the Infinity Zen and I get interrupted by a big spell. No big deal. But if I am in hard mode where you can't use items and you're forced to use to manage your MP throughout the whole chapter, and then it's, when it's gone, it's gone. Like, when you cast Cure, it should only take your magic points away when you cast. But it takes it away when you select it. So you get, you, wow. lose, you lose the ATB and the magic points right there on the spot. Even if but you the, get interrupted. Even if you get interrupted. So there's like... There's a Ouch. big, big cost to it, which is okay. But I could just see it could have been I mean, balanced for, better for hard. Yeah, for hardcore, it's you know it's a challenge. But I could see more people just being completely turned off by hard mode because of that kind of stuff. And the AI too. Even in Kingdom Hearts, you could tell Donald and Goofy, "Oh, I want you to be more defensive, or you to heal more." Like you could give them base instructions in the menu for how they carry out their battles, and you can't even do that here. Yeah. I, I remember just one more thing. I did get excited because when I was up, you know, when you're upgrading the weapons, I hit, you hit triangle and it says balance, attack, or defense. I was like, wait, is this how you set their battle behaviors? And no, it's just how you upgrade the weapon. That if you're too lazy to upgrade, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it just broke, broke, it just broke <laughs> my discovery heart. you made. Yeah, yeah. It broke my heart. Adam, what are you, what are your thoughts on the updates to the combat? Um, I'm I'm a pretty casual uh, gamer, I would say. I I chose the lazy route. Um, I didn't want to I didn't want to upgrade those weapons. Um, <laughs> that was which is so funny because most of the menu system I just loved, like the presentation of the menus and the materia management. Slick. It was all so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved using it. But I I was so surprised uh, to love the combat in this game. I was not expecting them to present me with some of the most enjoyable, like, boss battles I've ever played. I was thinking about it. Like I said, I'm kind of a casual gamer, but I think I might have leveled up a little bit with Jedi Fallen Order. Mm. Uh, It's the last thing that was about this long that I really put time into and, you know, learned how to be patient with fighting. But as someone who isn't great at games... It was really only at the end of my playthrough that I was really starting to feel like I was in the flow of the combat. I didn't know what my all was. I didn't know if I could I didn't know I could heal everybody all at once. And when I started to figure things out, it was just really slick. Uh and I really I loved it. Uh Early even, on? and because I was used to getting frustrated, it didn't hurt me so much when that infinity's end got kicked me in the face so i was just like oh right i'm bad at games but hardcore mode is gonna you know brutalize yeah, you're allowed to use <laughs> items still at least in, in regular yeah yeah at the beginning of the game were you playing the form styles with cloud like switching to the berserker and stuff in between i the yeah i didn't do that much until like the last third of the game i think mm. i kind of forgot that was there um, I, I didn't upgrade my weapons because I assumed I would do a better, a worse job. And, uh, you, <laughs> you know, don't want to like, give me those. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, take I was the wheel. like, I don't know if I want those keys. <laughs> yeah. Just like, and also I felt like there's so much to manage, uh, jumping around characters and it's, it's beautiful the way the time slows down. I have screenshots from fighting Abzu that are like the prettiest screenshots I've ever taken, but to have one more thing to think about in my head when I'm like, 
no, right, just focusing at Cloud will attack hard, and then you're going to switch to three other characters and select their spells. Uh, I was already at my brain max for the first run. <laughs> well, not to mention, like you were saying, like, it's painful upgrading those weapons because it's not like if they would have kept <laughs> if they would have kept that little list that's there and you just go straight up and down and pick what you want. But when you have to right. like go around the the little atmosphere, no. it's, yeah, it's not intuitive. No, it's yeah, it's very bad. Yeah, yeah that, like there would be, and, and I'll give them. Uh, there's quality of life improvements because in the original, you know, I just got finished with Midgar. You can only take materia off of characters that have it, like when the game asks you if you want to. So if you need to split the party, oh, you have to like that. wait until a certain point to get that shit. At least now it's like, okay, you don't have Aerith, but you can still pull materia off of her. But when you're going through those menus, I would have to like be at a point where I'm like, okay, I got an hour to play before I'm going to go to bed. Do I do a straight up? Uh, hours worth of upgrading or do i try to do some questing because like it really does take a long time to manually do it miserable guys my dad would beat us all up if he knew we were playing a game where it's like hold on i've got an hour of free time let me do item inventory management it's like what are you doing over there min max that's exactly what dad meant when he was like i don't like this kind of game that's you're totally right adam that's what turned him off originally let me ask you this uh when you were thinking about like the remake you were talking with your friends for years did you think it would have an updated combat style or did you think it would pretty much be the three people in a row that's a reality we face together because two of my friends who i i grew up with still great friends of mine they're both named alex and they uh they're like my buddies who love this game and we were supposed to sit around and all play it together when it finally came out weren't able to do that we were oh, able to stream not? some uh, but they, one of one of the Alex's really mourns the death of turn-based combat in video games, mm. um, and I think that's something. Like I understand, I really like sitting back on the couch and taking in a story, and you know, not having to be as active in combat. Uh, so I think that's something we realized would happen. You know, more recently. Uh, but again, I just want to reiterate, I am not the kind of person who likes 30-minute long fights. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get to the story. I'm trying to finish the game. I have things to do. Mostly, I have other games to play. Move along, get out of here. And, you know, I'd be in a battle because I'm bad at the game for 30 minutes sometimes. And would just be delighted the entire way through. Oh, I'm um, happy to hear that. So you never did the 10-hour fight in Final Fantasy XII? I can think of someone who asked. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, the the, the, the Azmat <laughs> dragon. You fight it for twelve hours. You're actually, you're actually. A, <laughs> Why? You can't, who is making so that you, game? You can't. JRPG's got a JRPG, bro. You're not allowed to step away and heal in the arena, but you're allowed to leave, save, and tent and everything, and it stays where its hit points are. But if you step away from it in battle, it'll completely heal itself. But you're allowed oh, to. Man. But you're allowed to walk out. <laughs> so there. That's so mom, thank God they didn't include that tonight. in the remake. So that, yeah, yeah I gotta, I, I gotta get suspended <laughs> so I can fight this boss. <laughs> While we're talking about combat, and you guys just kind of brought it up a little bit, monster design. Oh yeah, uh, how do you guys like the iconic monster designs? I know just from a little bit of a spoiler with how they changed up one thing that the famous house monster is still in there, but I don't know how they changed it over. Oh yeah, um, I, that's I should have brought it up presentation, but yeah, even the mechanics, like the the way they brought the enemies back, I think is they look awesome. They look spot on to how they did in the original. And a lot of them have the same weaknesses and stuff. So if you remember fighting them in the original, you can fight them the same way. And 
the house, uh, it was just kind of a, a random encounter that you would fight, and then they turned it into a full-fledged boss that. fight, which I think is the only way to do it. I think the house is one of my favorite boss fights in the game. But is it realistic in the remake? It's it's literally somebody's like, fight my house. It, it's how <laughs> it is okay. in the original. It's got arms that pop out and a well, rocket on the back. Yeah, but it's like a monster you run into. It makes more sense than in a video game where it's like, this is kind of the real world, guys. It's goofy, but the monster is almost like a mimic chest in Dark Souls or D&D. Like it pretends to be a house to get people to come inside of it. And then it kills them. I I think... I think you might have been watching my stream, Mike, when I mm-hmm. first encountered the house and oh. the floor opened in this arena. And for some reason, I was just like, I didn't even recall that a house was an, an enemy in the original. I was like, is this about to be the house? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I just felt so so much respect was thrown on to all these wacky enemies from my childhood. Uh, it was one of my favorite things about the game is how all the the monsters looked and played yeah even the shinra soldiers everything like looks great and feels authentic especially playing the midgar again every single enemy is represented in in that game more or less there's maybe a couple that they miss but i'd say 90 percent are recreated very well and i think it would have been something so easy to shy away from and to make it uh you know a, a more broadly appealing game like there are absurd monsters all over the place, and for for someone who hasn't played the game before, or for someone who was playing the original for the first time, it was like, what is this thing? Why is there like, why is there a floating seahorse, or you know, <laughs> in uh, the desert? This Shinra guard I just encountered, he looked like a Shinra guard, and now he's like a wobbling, like skinny, apine thing with claws. Like I don't. <laughs> That green guy in a hoodie holding a lantern and a tiny knife. Tonberries. Well, yeah. Don't, don't worry There's about a it. There's in this game. Like, how There's awesome nothing is that? creepy about that. Um, so I think. That was a hard fight. Yeah, Tonberry was a hard fight, man. And he's got the knife just like he did in the original. Um, so we think the combat overall is a pretty good, nice change. Uh, not completely perfect, can be a little hard on hard mode, but. Um, the other part of gameplay, you know, we think we went over the material management is also like some of the mini games and even some of the. The quest structuring, I think this is where the game starts to have some cracks. Um, for example, one mini game that I loved is the darts mini game. However, yes. you get to Wall Market, there's another dart board, yet you cannot play darts there. Missed opportunity. Right? Right. What am I the only one who's mad about no darts at Walmart? Why didn't they just why didn't I was like, oh, it's gonna be the same mechanics, but a slightly different game. This is gonna be fantastic. A slightly different mini yep. game. No, no, it was just heartbroken. No darts in Walmart. Especially especially because there was like the dress quest when you're doing kind of adult things. I would have like I would have liked a a version of darts where you're going against someone but you have to drink in between and Cloud's aim gets worse. And you have That's perfect and and you have to combat that, you know. But and that's how you that's how you get, you know, that's how you get a piece of one of the dress items. Like That would be amazing. But but, yeah. but we alluded to it, right? The greatest puzzle in Final Fantasy Remake. When you originally go through this screen in the original game, there is a robot hand there, and it's literally a single screen that takes about 10 seconds to walk across. Now, it's like yeah. a 25-minute puzzle <laughs> with five interactions with the hands. There's one piece of materia down there. There is pacing issues with the gameplay, I would Big say. Big time. No, that's yeah. worth it. It's worth it. That material is worth it. Oh yeah, the rest of it's painful. Yeah, it's it's the best material in the game, isn't? Isn't magnify? That's how you. That's where you get it. Magnify is right there. Yeah, that's your that's your all material. 
but so I, I almost got frustrated and quit at that point. Uh, if I hadn't had people in my stream telling <laughs> I was me there for to that get too. it, I was just like, no, I'm done with it. I don't need what that is. And I would have spent 15 more hours in the game because uh, I didn't have my all. Exactly. And so I think there's something about the structure of the original, because that's a gameplay thing, too, is like how it's laid out and the, the execution of quests is the original took me, you know, just under six hours. Adam, I think you mentioned about six and some odd for you when you did your replay. Yeah, that seems yeah, about six. twenty. Yeah, I that's think. about the average for the original. The whole game. No, just the Midgar section. Oh, I was going to say, man, me and my brother must have been slow. That took us months <laughs> when we were kids. That's well, it took really me months when I was it. a kid, too. It's about I, 50 I swear hours. I spent at least 20 hours in Midgar, just in Midgar. Yeah, and if you're not grinding everything, it's like a 50-hour complete experience. So this is a 40-hour game made out of a five- to six-hour section. But it feels like everything important is happening at a much quicker pace. Where here, there's a threat of, oh, Shinra's going to, let's say, blow up. Uh, and drop the plate which is not a spoiler they do that in the original but then it's like hold on let me do all these side quests so there's like a, a pacing issue i think with the way the quests are structured as well mike i know they've added side quests but uh, with the original ones in mind is it pretty one-to-one translation wise well you get uh, a squatting contest which comes back but then we also get the true final boss of the game i think is the pull-up contest oh. uh, chris what are your okay. thoughts on the pull-up contest <laughs> okay so I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> and I got, ex- apparently I got extremely lucky and unlucky at the same time. Because the second time I attempted it, I was like on full-on ultra instinct mode. And I nailed 50 of them suckers. And I was like, oh man, this is, you know, this is really, really cool. Like this, I did this perfect. And like, you know, I... I even like threw a towel over the left side of the screen, so I'm not even focused on it. Like, so I can like just really get in it, right? Only look just at only your look character, at my character right? and stay in the rhythm. And like, I I had her going where there there was no blips. Like, it was just smooth. It looked like hit fifty, pull the towel away. Jules ties me fifty fifty. Like, what are we doing? So it's like okay, so maybe I've got to get even more than that. So whatever, just do better. After that, the most I could get was like 44, 43, 44. And this time I'm just watching the screen because I was like, like, there's no way because I read online people are doing it, you know, like 42, 43 pull-ups are beating her, beating him. He's fallen off two times and he's still like beating me at pull-ups. So I, I'm just turning into yeah. a Tiltosaurus Rex at this moment, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just rampaging across the living room. My wife looks at me like I'm a fool, you know, she's like, Who is, why is this man child screaming about <laughs> a lady doing pull-ups against a guy that looks like Gina Carano. And I was just like, <laughs> so I was like, I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, you know what? The game. You have to try it. You, I had my wife try to do it just so she could see oh, how man. ridiculous. That you're not crazy. How, why it drove me crazy. No, 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 no. Yeah. Get over here. Let me show yeah. you why no, this is terrible. Ooh. Yeah, no but choice. But then the game throws me a bone and I beat him. 41 to 40 one time it just like it just lets me win (laughs) and i'll tell you what you know how they say you know winning championships you know no one wants to win it like that yeah right (laughs) i'll take it (laughs) yeah right i can walk away (laughs) adam i i was just about to ditch on the final round because like i said i was just trying to beat the game in this instance i i expect to play it again and also like I'm casual enough that I'll just forsake things like that and move on. Uh, so I was starting to get frustrated, and then my lovely girlfriend Paulette nice. beat it for me. 
um, pretty quickly. Wow. <laughs> Guys, just like, I'm very happy to bring you in the game this? assistance. It's, so, it's making me feel like the co-pilot is a kid. Like when my yeah. brother would be like, ah, I just really can't exactly. do this. No, for sure. So when when uh, when you get stuck, just hand the sticks to the SO and you'll be all right. That's it. Hey, when you, a sniper needs a spotter, you can't make the shot without those binoculars. That's damn right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I think the mini games overall are pretty decent, and like some of the added stuff, like the, there was no arena at Walmart, and having that available to you, I think, is really cool. Um, I don't like the puzzles. I think some of them are very slow and bad, but the mini games are decent. If the translation is that close, Mike, where we're kind of getting the one-to-one where it's that mm-hmm. accurate to the original, do you think we'll get some of these super hard subquests from Seven in whatever the next iterations will be? Colored Chocobos, Knights of the Round, or do That's you think they I just want. cut that out? So, during <laughs> my pull-up endeavor, I was, looking at, I was watching people on Reddit gripe about it. And the, number, the one mm-hmm. comment that ah. just made chills up my spine was if you think this is bad wait till golden saucer comes and i just got so scared because oh. <laughs> just thinking about like i was gonna say how'd you do on just that thinking dance? about the arm wrestling and the boxing and all that other stuff <laughs> just the the roller coaster yep. oh sure. god you're gonna need to be framed perfect oh, it's gonna be a nightmare <laughs> the golden saucer is gonna be know, terrible they're probably gonna sell you vr some vr yeah, DLC. but we'll get to meet kate sith you my think- favorite character in the games Oh, man, the Golden Saucer could totally be, like, the microtransaction sure. store. Oh, oh and there's, and no. There, you need and on top alley. of that, you can buy a VR. You can buy special VR versions used with your headset. Wow. Remember there's that shady guy who you can buy GP from if you wait for him? That's going to be real a, money. Uh, microtransaction yep. store. That's going to be the real, real money, money guy. Transaction. 100% <laughs> Mike. So you want to place a bet today? So you'll be paying 2.99 American. It's like, oh god damn it. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, let me just race Chocobos. At that point, Chocobos. at that point if yeah. if in Walmart there was like, you know, cuz it I I do love like you were saying the seediness, right? Like underneath the whole Walmart market there's just an underground battle arena. Like that's so seedy, right? What if there was, you know, like mm-hmm. people that deal drugs and like, here, you take these steroids and you can beat that guy at the pull-ups. <laughs> Bro, that would be sweet. <laughs> they you give know, you a hyper. Like, juicing hey, in the bathroom. For $3.99 USD. Wow. And it'll automatically play the game for you. <laughs> Adam? I mean, we have to we have to talk about the uh, the dancing oh my at the goodness. honeybee. Oh yeah, oh, I that's forgot, a right? Because for that was play. one that's of the, the biggest that was the best of this new game. content. Yeah, yeah, that's not yeah, an that, original. Oh, did you guys I, all get perfect I, scores? Did you make Aries go? Ooh. I lucked out. I hit the twenty. <laughs> Adam, oh, you did it. I played it twice. I, I had saved because uh, I wanted to show Paulette the section because she'd been watching a lot with me, and I was like, "Buckle up, this is going to be weird." And so I played that section alone in the middle of the night, and I was like, you have to see this. This is, like, the most unexpected joy I've had stuck in the middle of this game. And so I did better the second time. I did. I impressed everyone. Nice. To, big, to piggyback off that, when I did Perfect on and I was celebrating, that's the only time my wife saw me play that part. So I was like, you have to, like, like this is out of context. You have to see, you have to see the whole, like, you lucked out. Cause, yeah. I'm on a real high because, right like, now. There's more. There's I, more I was like, you've got to see the whole thing. Like, I know you just saw the weirdest thing ever, but you've got to see what led up to this point. So the main character in this game is a cross-dresser? No, 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 yeah. hold on. <laughs> hold on, let me restart it. 
Only, only got exactly. She's walking in the room and I'm celebrating, hitting like this twenty on the dancing, and Aerith is freaking. Aerith is freaking out. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> like, it's fucking girls night yeah. at the honeybee. Like hell yeah, best game ever. <laughs> Don't you guys love that she gets excited though? It's it so is. cute. It is. It is. <laughs> I and my other favorite mini game. Uh, Tifa monkey bars and Shinra. Oh, what a great, na- what a <laughs> what a great chunk of the game of Tifa Uncharted. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. There's some things like where, like the way you have to like climb up the ladders and move across stuff. There's some things or pull a lever oh, perfectly and hold the button. Like, unex- just let me tap it. Why do I have to hold yeah. triangle yeah, for that this kills, button to activate? That kills me. But there's little if we can do like complaints that. just for like seconds on that, I would say a lot of climbing ladders. And then in the original guys, where there's so many timed battles where all of a sudden you'll just see 20 minutes just like pops up on top of the screen. I'm like, I know I'm going to get it done before that, but stop stressing me out. <laughs> Occasionally you would get those in the original. Um, usually it's later game. Um, Emerald weapon has a timer. I think there's a boss in the underwater reactor that has a timer too. Not too frequently though. Every once in a while. But, as well, this is where on the pacing. Let me tell you what killed me. You're running through the first mm-hmm. reactor with Barrett. Things are hot and heavy. You're on, you know, you're on this time crunch because you got to do stuff. You're running. You're talking. You're communicating. It's dude, like, like we did in the Marine Corps. Like when you, you know, you're just going <laughs> and you're talking. You're communicating. But then, how is it that later in the game? I'm just gonna let you take it from here, Mike. Please tell us about the forced walking. Why do you have to walk and talk? What is with the forced walking? Yeah, so this is a thing, too. Like, it'll just randomly decide right now your maximum movement speed is very slow. And even when the plate's dropping, it's like, we got to get everybody out of here. But the way we're going to do that is by walking slowly. And it's like, <laughs> it's very frustrating when it takes control from you to just make you slowly navigate through something while it dumps lore on you. And those were maybe, that's, go ahead, Adam, I was going to say static that, conversations. It's a it's a bleed. It's a crossover of gameplay and story for me, because I feel like, you know, a lot of urgency was lost um, because of those mechanics. And, you know, that affects it affects a story like it's it's hard for me to feel invested. Yeah. When when Eris is walking, he's you know, just slowly. give me a cutscene at that point. If you're not going to let me play, <laughs> then make me watch and let you me skip it on a second place dies. It's because we're walking slowly. Yeah. And then yeah. like like I get it like. You know, my first time through, so, you know, I had played multiple times to get the platinum thing, right? So, my first time mm-hmm. through, you know, I'm a kid in a candy store. I'm looking at everything while they're walking slow. I'm like, oh, my God, this is just. And then, yeah. of course, that part, you know, Barrett, you know, if we don't look, if, you know, yeah, yeah. when it, it stops the game, he's like, hey, y'all, I'm thinking about going back where the sector collapsed and looking for him, you know. And if we don't, you know, who will? That part I, you know, I cried <laughs> like I'm because it just it just mm-hmm. made me think of, you know, kind of like the military oh, yeah. and stuff. But then there's parts where, you know, you're just jumping across the roofs, talking with Aerith and you just have to stop. The game says no big no across. You can't go any further. You have to turn around and walk literally turn around, walk <laughs> and watch her walk across just because she said, wait for me. And it's like like this is kind of like it's you're holding up. I feel like kind of hamstring at this point, like you're forcing length on me, which I don't think this is really adding culture or depth to the game. We, we, we run into things with open world games too. I, we coined this term. I'm going to say that we did it. We have breadth, not depth. And like, so you'll have a lot of things going on, but there's not a lot of substance to them. 
Uh, maybe that's like, the case here. Like a lot of NPCs, but they're really just five NPCs, which mm-hmm. is like... And it's just, we started calling it chores percent, because they give you a lot of chores to pad out the yeah. time between the big story beats. Um, speaking of story beats, I have one more gameplay thing I want to talk about before we go over there, because I think that's where a lot of this conversation will continue. Uh, Chadley, I think, is the most annoying fucking NPC in the game, but the idea of fighting your summons to unlock them, I mm. think is really awesome. And some of those are the best fights in the game. Uh, Which Chris, one's Chadley? He's a little uh, Shinra nerd who's like a tech guy, and he's like, oh, well, you do oh, these right, battle right, right. sims. So, yeah. Uh, Chris, since yeah. we're crossing in the story next, I'm just going to go ahead and say spoiler alert for Chadley. So, you know, mm-hmm. he is not human. He's a cyborg. And he's ana- and that's why he says he's analyzing your data nonstop. And his goal, oh, his goal, God. and again, this is just like, I mean, Skittles in the cookie jar, you know, just have everything at once in the damn game. He wants to self-actualize like in Westworld. So th- just to, to free to, oh, to free him to free himself from Hojo. And because because wow. we beat the Shinra combat simulator, we freed him. So because yeah. All right, before we go to story, um do you remember in Kingdom Hearts when you had the data version of Roxas and you had to Ooh. find a nobody that could be his body and then you could download it to be a real boy? Oh my god. That no, sounds like, a little bit like this. A little bit of final a little bit of final <laughs> fantasy dream drop distance. Yeah, seven days over 365 releases. But I do like fighting the summons, but I did not know that about Chadley. Chadley almost fucked me up from the beginning because uh, I'm not I'm not a fan of big data. Uh, right. I don't like having my data collected in real life. And I, there was a part of me that was like, I'm just not going to mess with this kid. I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Uh, because especially when I first play through a game, I pretend that I am in the world. So if, if, if the sky is falling and I see an item over to the left, sometimes I just run by that item because the sky is falling and I'm trying to uh, immerse myself. Mm-hmm. And man, I just I really did sit for like 10 minutes and like this is really going to hurt my gameplay if I don't interact <laughs> with this kid, I bet. But I'm not going to I'm not going to do it. But, but I gave in and it's it's a fine mechanic. I just don't like him. When the first thing he asks you is, what's Cloud's social security number? I was just like, absolutely not. (laughs) Which luckily, because everything in this game gets a backstory, we do find out Cloud's social security number, I'm sure, if we read enough of the data logs. So maybe now's a good time to talk uh, the biggest changes, the biggest shockers, some of the uh, juiciest content of the remake and biggest diversions. Let's go ahead and talk the story. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Sector 3, coming up next. Normies like us. We're back on Normies Like Us talking Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Mike, you just kind of mentioned it. We're going to be jumping into the story beats now. Uh, we see a beautiful flower girl. You know, in the past, we would have just met her and everything would have been fine. But Mike, there is a uh, Death Eater or whatever oh, those God. things in, uh, in Harry Potter are called <laughs> floating around a Dementor. That's right. Floating around and attacking us. We have ghosts in the real world. Uh, what the fuck is going yeah, on, guys? So let's go ahead. First of all, spoiler curtain fully lifted. We're going all in. Like anything goes from this point on. Um, 
the original Final Fantasy Midgar section basically at its core plays out the same. You're with an eco-terrorist group, you blow up a reactor, then you go blow up a second one, and then uh, they blow up the plate to kill everybody in Sector 7 to blame you to make your, your terrorism group look like a bunch of bad guys, and then you decide to go and kill their president. Same thing, but now we get 40 hours of it. And more Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very yeah. true. So I think what where this game succeeds is when it's being Final Fantasy VII. Like when it's giving me those highlight moments, I enjoy it. Adam, you have thought? Oh, when it's not talking about uh, destiny and, and, and you know, love oh, and yeah. space and all those uh, huge yeah. concepts. Sure. I agree with you there. It's it's wild to me that after 60 hours of gameplay, so many of those big theme moment, moments still feel unearned to me. Because in my mind, the original Final Fantasy VII, I thought was like a 200-hour game. It could That's be. That's what my kid brain categorized it as. Days. is like this Absolutely. unending epic that I didn't sleep and I just played and played. Uh, but, uh, you know, I feel like some of the big moments are unearned and there are just little things that eat away at the core like the first thing i noticed that was a difference is in the demo you uh you go to blow up the reactor and it turns out that shinra makes your bomb bigger you know they they make the explosion bigger and that really eats at me because i love i love that it is an eco-terrorist group that's like people are gonna die we gotta save the planet like this is not they're not fucking around they're kind of bad guys uh, so that was the first like weakening of that narrative uh, that kind of turned me off. Uh, the double there cross. is a, a single line in the original, like having just replayed it. There's a moment when you go down into Avalanche's base of operations beneath the pinball machine, which was not in the remake, which is a sin. Uh, so weird! It looked. Like I wanted it was to hang go... out there. Wow. I'm so confused. <laughs> Come on, guys. no, I'm so mad. Confused. I wanted the secret base. You made everything else. I, I yeah. was very upset. It's They're better than a time. Yeah. But there's a throwaway line. Well, not a throwaway, but Jesse has one line where she's like, "You know, the explosion shouldn't have been that big. You know, I, I thought I used the right amount." So she's worried. So they kind of allude to it in the original, and I guess now they just make it text that you're not bad guys. You're not terrorists. It's Shinra. Which I I kind of appreciated, like Adam said, that thought of uh, maybe we are kind of the bad guys here, but we got to do the ends justify the mean the means justify the ends. Yeah, I would have I would have greatly yeah. appreciated, like like he was saying, uh, like Adam was just saying that that scene where they're behind, you know where they're behind the cameras and all that stuff, you know, and you know you you're kind of behind the fourth wall, finding out that Shinra's behind the first reactor. It, it did suck because it w- I would have appreciated that in you know, in the second reactor, you know, then because you're already you're already behind yeah. the scenes that they're dirty. You're already, but you know, you're take you're disassembling the Airbuster, which is fucking awesome, by the mm-hmm. way. That was that was brilliantly done. Yeah, like that was. Yeah. Um, I loved it every second. You, know, you they're you build, just teasing you, get, you constantly with what the boss could be. Yeah, well, yeah, and you're building your own boss basically, mm-hmm. and then. I would say it especially wrecks it, Chris, because you get before the second reactor in the remake, the new mission where you go with Jesse, um, Wedge, Biggs. and uh, what's his name? Biggs, thank you, to create the second bomb. It's like there could have been some tension there where like maybe Jesse is fucking up and making that thing crazy big. Exactly what you're saying. It it's it almost robs it robs the emotion and the sentiment of what of how it's how heavy it's hitting her because you already know, you know, 
you know, it wasn't her fault. Yeah. You already know it wasn't her fault before the game even tells you, which would have been much nicer to be like, holy crap. Like these dudes don't give a fuck. Like you felt in the first game. Like, man, we're we're just knee deep in this shit first thing. And Barrett is even having to tell people in the original game, like, no, no, we're not the bad. Like Shinra's hurting way more people. Like he's really trying to like justify his actions to himself and the party. Like it's, it's got to go down like this, but Mm -hmm. here it's. And Tifa. Tifa has legitimate objections that are expressed in the original. Like I, this game definitely in sixty hours doesn't pass the Beckdale like <laughs> test. Like the, oh, the female yes. characters are not like cl- classically strong characters. They're not. And they're in the dressed original like sexy either. bees. They aren't Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but but in the original, you know, Tifa does have this balance of like, look, I don't know how to process this. Like the plate just fell. Everyone's dead, and Barrett's like. No, this is not our fault. That's toxic thinking. We just got to keep fucking killing bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but yeah, you do lose some of the nuance in this. I think that's part of uh, the normalization of it. Like, they don't want the controversy, but they want to give you as much as they can, maybe. Well, and And Mike, there's a heavy-handedness that comes from knowing the end state. I would say even that moment where Adam said, you're putting the bomb on, and the original game, it just kind of cuts to a darker screen. You get the text that's like, maybe you shouldn't do this, as Cloud has one of his headaches. In this game, Cloud is like freaking out half the time. His brain is infected, and we know, spoiler alert, (laughs) that Sephiroth is coming. Like, they intentionally want Uh. to inject that in this video they game blow that early. load super super early in this exactly game. yeah and, and like you were saying like it would have been much nicer just to have the quick headache holy shit this isn't a regular reactor then that's it you know just mm-hmm. like just like you know just like colin said oh. you have that headache like it would have been you stay you stay urgent and on task and you're going fast because you're under a time limit to blow this thing up and get out of here but to slog it down kind of steals from it a little bit yeah and, like, again, with the slog, we talked about it previously. There's things where, like we said, get, go save Marlene, which happens in the original when they're about to drop the plate. You know, uh, Tifa asks Aerith to go get Marlene. And she does. But then there's, like, a three-minute dialogue sequence where it's like, don't be scared, Marlene. I'm a friend of Tifa's. And she's, like, hiding behind the counter. It's like, that plate is crushing you right now. <laughs> well, not, well not, not to mention before that, she's prom- you know, she made this promise, I'm going to get her no matter what. And then you're spending five minutes with this other little girl just walking slowly. Another ca- girl. Carrying her, you know. And my thought was, like, originally, like, maybe Aerith doesn't know that that's not Marlene. And, like, she's going to... Oh, there's, shit. There's, there's going to oh, be a bit... that would have been great. Don't worry, Tifa, I got her. And that's what I was thinking. There was going to be a big oopsie. And then, we were, and then it was yeah. going to divert to... That's not Marlene. Yeah, then it was going to have to divert to, you know, somehow, some way, her getting out of there, but... Wow, but that but then they go from that long part to another long part while the sky is falling. It's you know it's like Adam was saying. You know you want to be immersed in the in the game. You want to feel like holy shit, the sky is falling. Like yeah, that item's over there, but there's no time to explore. This this thing's coming down. But you know when it shows her nonchalantly, just you know all these people are sprinting and running and they actually run you over and push you around. Like the get, NPCs are like sick of you walking yeah. slowly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they're meanwhile, stronger the apocalypse than is your battle hardened right. <laughs> magic yeah, warrior right. meanwhile in the OG it's like the plate drops immediately you're pissed you're like fuck it we're going to Shinra and you immediately go to Walmart and you immediately start climbing this it's like there's so much in between like preparations and stuff you gotta do a whole nother dungeon before that Ooh, 
I'll tell you what. I'll tell you when I knew they were gonna slog it down. <laughs> you know, because you know, like you just said in the original, you you literally walk from the plate straight to Seven Heaven. You can do that as Aerith. That's why it's just it's just so easy for her. When the helicopter magically crashes in front of Aerith alone, that's when I knew like they're doing they're doing they're doing this to us. They're mm-hmm. doing they're doing this to us all the way. It's gonna be a bit of a more yeah. of a movie than yeah, a video so, game at yeah, some so, parts. So yeah. Just a quick interruption. That's where that's where it hit me that. You know, kind of really like, wow, they're going to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, There's a couple interesting things I wanted to mention. It's like, I I totally forgot Johnny was in the original game. You know, you see him (laughs) running around. He's trying to, like, go into the Honey Bee Inn in the original. So he's still doing the same shit at Walmart. Um, Leslie's completely new and now very important. He gives you your grappling guns to climb the wall. I I never knew that. But apparently he's canon now. Uh, I... Don't mind him. I do mind the grappling guns because climbing the wire was part. one of the most triumphant I, things in my childhood. I was, I finally did it. I couldn't figure out where those batteries were for hours <laughs> and hours and hours. And when I climbed that wire as a little kid and that music played, I thought yeah, I was, was a hero. Awesome. And the Shinra dungeon in the original, as we kind of get towards the end here, I think the Shinra dungeon is so good as a dungeon. Like I... Even though I was trying to play through quickly, I found myself exploring every corner, getting every item, even though I just wanted to beat it for educational research purposes for this episode. I couldn't help but just get invested in the Shinra section. In the remake, however, we get Tifa on monkey bars. We got to walk through their museum that's just like a golden (laughs) gun. Shinra really likes its golden gun and shit. It's just very weird. They know you're there. They know you're there, yeah. There is one thing about the slog that actually I greatly appreciated. This is the only time I appreciated it. Okay. When they slow down in the museum and they explain the entire ancient's lore to you, that they, th- when they great. knock out, they knock out the entire disc two story, like the piecing. Cause in disc two, you play for 20 hours, putting these teeny tiny pieces of the story together. And you, you probably lose them cause you're so focused on all the shit you're getting anyway. And all, you know, all the loot's awesome in disc two. Hell yeah. So like, <laughs> so like you know, kind of the the cetera that kind of falls to the back the back burner. But you know they they hit you with it first. Like like you were saying to me earlier, Mike, uh, how they hit the life stream first thing. What what you were saying about how the Shinra knows killing the most people is going to feed the life stream. And they're going to be able to utilize that. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Like when they hit you with that video about the cetera, like oh, the Shinra truly know everything there is about the ancients from studying Aerith, and we don't have to you know go bits and pieces of it over 20 hours you get like a just a quick video explaining everything so you can really get into it of all like the youtube lore videos and ff7 story analyze videos i've watched that is the most complete three minutes on explaining the cetra and the ancients and their function in the world wow. yeah it was they very, really nailed it i like yeah, that it, 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 they did. because as a wonderful game that this is it has a dense mythology it's an awesome mythology it's super good but i need those refreshers it's been years since i've gotten any of this and again i think it's a product of we know where we're headed let's lay those tracks early yeah and i think another good change to the shinra um in the remake is they remove the implied bestiality that hojo was going for to breed uh, Aerith with Red 13 because they were both endangered species. Yeah, he, he, they're going to make a super. <laughs> yeah, yeah so he, that's a good omission. Yeah, because he immediately jumps on the, the Sephiroth train, right? Oh, I'd love to see their offspring, right? He talks about it, that. It becomes that instead of an animal, yeah. Which is very nice. It's very it's appreciated. It's, it's still not good, but better than the original. Yeah. 
Adam. Before we start to get into some of like the real juice that's coming up. <laughs> the wizarding uh, world? Yes. Yeah, the, the Harry Potter stuff. Um, can I ask how you guys felt when the Dementors first started showing up? Were you guys excited at all or were you just like, uh-oh? Adam, so my experience up until this point was I only had played the demo and I was like, okay, Mike's going to pick this up. I don't have to worry about it. I can just kind of tune into his Twitch stream. I get in right when he meets Aerith. I'm like, okay, here we this go. Like the most iconic scene. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch it. This is perfect. The minute the ghost popped up, even again, that it was a nine-year-old Colin who sat next to a kid and just watched. He wasn't even playing it. I was like, no, 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 this isn't in this. Like, no, no, I don't, I don't remember any of this <laughs> bullshit. Um, I guess I'll jump in first and I'll throw it to Chris. When I first saw these ghosts, I thought they were like a, a new version of the guys in the black cloaks with the numbers tattooed on them. Like they kind of have the Sephiroth uh, gene. They're yeah, like failed yeah. soldiers, I believe. Um, I think that was what I thought they were initially, but then we start to see cloaked guys that Sephiroth is zapping in and out of, which he does do sort of in the original. So I'm okay with him kind of manifesting as these cloaked guys because he, he does that to Cloud anyway. Because you fight so many false Sephiroths. Sephiroth is, right? technically never leaves them, like the, the northern crater once he's there, except like he's always zapping into the clones from what I understand. Mind, but these ghosts, yeah, I was totally wrong, and they are just some Kingdom Hearts ass shit. So, um, well, as they started mixing (laughs) it up, I disliked them. Chris, what was your first opinion when you first met the ghost organization 13? Yeah, what yeah, what I had originally thought, just like you, I thought that they were the catalyst from like that was the catalyst that causes the mechanism of reaction from Sephiroth at the creator or at the crater through Mm -hmm. Genova. To hit to get to those clones, like that's what I thought. I thought that was like the catalyst. Oh. The, I thought I thought those guys oh, were going to be like the catalyst of the reunion. Like those are the guys. Like they're almost like messengers. Like that's you know they swirl around Eris because they they want to guide her, you know, to the holy material to kill her before she gets to it. And then same thing, you know, I'd, I'd assume the same thing for the the clones. You know, they want to gather them all up and you know get all take all the Genova cells. So that's what I thought at first. But then when they started talking about fate and destiny is when i mm-hmm. i knew it i knew it <laughs> the buzzword I, I knew it i was just like i was i was waiting like i don't want to sound like a like too negative but from the get-go we've talked about this we were waiting for them for them to screw it up like kingdom hearts because like what kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> is known most for was what i was afraid that final fantasy would be waiting so long for that disappointment wow yeah Oh, I yeah. think you say convoluted story. Also that, but uh, yes, waiting yes. for disappointment is a good way to put it. Adam. I I I was unaware of the connection, the di- such a direct connection to mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts. Um uh <laughs> I might have been even more nervous. Uh but I had to say at first, I, I feel like because I don't know I don't know Sephiroth lore very well, I, I like I said, I played the game to the end when I was 14 once. I played Midgar a million mm-hmm. times. Uh, so that wasn't really in my head at all. I, I feel like I immediately was like, okay, these ghosts are a signal that we're in a different timeline here. Very close. Uh, like, really? I kind of like that That clicked with me almost immediately. Just like, uh-oh, things are going to be a little different. I don't know what it is. Maybe different people are going to die. Uh, but... Which which almost kind of excited me. I was like, maybe this will be a bare minimum change where like we just see a different character die here and another character live here. Um, 
So I was kind of excited when it first started kicking off. But Adam, it seems like the ship is on that course. It is kind of interesting that it is uncharted territory for all of us who like this game so much for them to drop the other shoe and say, okay, the title FF7 remake, kind of a misnomer. And, you know, we're, we are actually changing the story a little bit. There is going to be this, you know, I mean, normies, let's just say it. I, I don't know. Is it time travel? Is it somebody has come back to change the events? Is it Genova projecting her consciousness? Is it Sephiroth interacting again? Are we going to get key differences? Is this going to bring Aerith back? Is she not going to die in the future installments? I don't know. Here's, here's what we seem to know, because there was... Um... A Final Fantasy Ultimania came out recently that people have been translating um, Nomura's comments and Kitase's comments. And so there, from what we understand, there is now a multiverse because the bag of chips that flies by the screen or the poster when we see Zack has a different dog breed on it than the stamp dog that we've been seeing. It was like a beagle. Now it's oh, like a terrier. So it's like showing there's an alternate okay. universe that that Zack is in. How that's going to play out, but I don't Mike, know. I mean... That his scene of his introduction at the end, it's almost shot for shot from it Crisis is. Core, other than those those changes you're saying. So that's so interesting. Yeah. When you say multiverse, does that open up to a Final Fantasy multiverse? Is Titus going to be in one? Is Squall going to, or, you know, Leon, or are they going to be around? It's called Dissidia, and they're for fucking nerds. <laughs> well, it's called <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, say, Mike, I, and I we are say, going yeah. to each now, play out and close Now that you up. brought that up, that's exactly where I was going just now. Let's just fucking get into it. At the <laughs> end of the damn game. No, first thing. First thing. We, we, motorcycle boss fight. First Very thing, cool. But, yeah, more, before even that, I loved, 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 my God, the train graveyard, everything train graveyard in this game, I loved it. Could not mm-hmm. get enough. Like, the, the music... The oh, music, yeah. that, that Silent Hill yeah. feel to it, that was so 90s, right? Like, it was just perfect. And then you then you Very get to cool. see what's haunting all these kids, and it's a freaking ghost that looks like a Heartless from well. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> and it's like, dude, <laughs> this is the best you could do. All, it's a fucking All these ghost. monstrosities you could come up with, and that's the best. Like, of course. Of course it had to be black, and then it had to have, like, these neon glowing lines on it, just like a freaking Heartless. Then you do the underground lab part in Shinra. What pops out of the walls? A bunch of heartless-looking motherfuckers with with tentacles on their head. Tentacles on their head, and they're black with all these bright neon lines. End of the game. Spoiler alert: the Arbiter of Time, the big guy that controls the Dementors, the Arbiter of Fate. Yeah, Arbiter of Fate. He looks just like the very first heartless you fight in Kingdom Hearts, the gigantic one that summons other heartless. Like he even has the Mm -hmm. same mechanics. Big chest. He He summons other enemies out of him for you to fight out of his hands. It was just it. It scared me to death just thinking, is this, because I didn't put the Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts 3, is this how they're going <laughs> to put the freaking Final Fantasy characters oh, into boy. Kingdom Hearts 4? Right, it started scaring no, 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 I've got an idea. It's just a different game. What's it called? Well, it's called Final Fantasy 7, so we'll just keep them in their game. It's like, it's, well, no, that's, you're not doing that right. That, like, this is, and it, they, even had, <laughs> they even had a portal that they go through at the end of the, the highway. I'm like, this is... This is when they fly in that yeah, gummy like, ship this too. Is po- this is a possibility. <laughs> be there. Yeah, this is a possibility of how these guys could get into Kingdom Hearts game, and it hurts my heart. <laughs> and they can bring Zach in, Adam. <laughs> well, that, and that's my theory: I, is if there has to be an emotional connection, because if Aerith doesn't die, what what's the motivation, right? Like, there's 
There has to be a reason for Zach's it. Zach's gonna Chris. grab her out of the drowning pool into his universe. Uh, oh boy, oh yeah, my, my, Adam, that better <laughs> not happen. <laughs> see, and then Riku is a DLC yeah. character. No, like, my what? my thought would be because Cloud is such a bot in this game that he's that he's taken uh, the sword, and and because because uh, he takes yeah. the sword. Zach, <laughs> I'd be so Zach, fucking pissed. Zach, Chris, that I'd would be, be so then Zach crosses over to and take then, his space. Yeah, Zach plays oh, for the rest. Man. That would totally make just, sense. He'll play just like him, but he'll actually have you know emotional content. So that could be a thing. But man, I hope there's better writers in my imagination so because it's so bad. It was so close. I I had such a good time with the last few hours of the game. I thought the Genova fight yeah. was yes. was fantastic i was like this is great everything was going great red 13 was cool and the the highway fight was cool and i was like i get it i get it we're in a different timeline maybe things are gonna change but this is a great point to wrap it up and then the portal shows up and i thought okay this could be really cool i was i was very open to it i like the changes i'd only seen positive things from critics online you know i knew it was just a regarded as a a phenomenal game. So it was like, maybe I go through this portal and it's this beautiful Cetra world or something else. But I literally was said in my head, please, God, don't let it be a void. Oh don't let God. it let <laughs> not, me not go Kingdom into Hearts a void <laughs> and fight some big monster. And I wasn't as aware of the Kingdom Hearts connection and stepped in and I was like, it's a void. It's oh, Kingdom no. Hearts. I'm in Kingdom Hearts. What is happening? Oh, man. This- but Adam... It's. I'm not joking when I say it is sort of a bait and switch with the marketing and sell of this because obviously there is no indication from the sales that this is a different game. It is yeah. a remake. That's what they keep calling it. So do you think they should have been more upfront about that? Because I'm just picturing future generations of people who are like, no, no, I've played Final Fantasy VII. I, I played the remake. It was great. And it's like, <laughs> there's going to be these gatekeeper 90-year-olds who are like, you didn't play Final Fantasy VII. I'm going to be one yeah, of them. Yeah, because here's the thing. It's like, when it was being Final Fantasy VII, it was really, really enjoyable. And it's like, I'm starting to give them trust. All the way to the end of the game, they're slowly gaining trust with me. And then at the very end, it's like, Nomura's got a Nomura, man. And from that point on, <laughs> anything goes. Like Chris said, Dream Drop Distance, 365 days over Final Fantasy Hearts Four. Let's go. Like, we're... We're fucked now. That's the next Nomura Final Fantasy is a bad title, director. Mike. I need to say it out loud. Who, who are these characters to, to new people approaching the franchise? Paulette didn't give a shit about Sephiroth showing up at the... She was like, who is this motherfucker? I'm like, oh, you wouldn't know because they built no emotional context for them. Imagine not knowing who Zack is, and that's the ending of the game yeah. you get. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? And you can't, what? like, remake... Because it's a poser. It's just people who know. It's like, I'm, I'm remaking Moby Dick, but I'm only going to do the first ten chapters, and then after that, fuck it, he's going to catch the whale and live. It's going to yeah. be great. <laughs> like, it's... Messing with the class. Ishmael's like a Norwegian guy now, and you're like, no, 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 that's that's not how that works. No. Well, and it gets to my point. What I did, like, and and I'm not saying every reviewer should probably do this because it was kind of toxic at times for me to do it. But before I even spoke about the game, like I am now, I played it, then played it on hard mode, and did everything because I feel like it's unfair to review this game after your first playthrough because I was so hyped and so high on the one-on-one with Sephiroth. I was like, I, it literally, it gave me amnesia. Like I forgot about all the shit before that. Cause I was like, this is happening. Like this is going like, I mean, how pumped are you? Like this is going down. We're doing this. Like, 
and like you're bet you're fighting right it, you're now. fighting him with the sword at the speed of advent children you you know utilizing all the mechanics you learned it's such a dope sword fight and it's like holy shit this is going to be insane and then when you take a step back and you're like wow like that was crazy how they finished it and you know and then when he's talking to cloud after they've you know it clash and they have that that city of the ancients theme going it's like holy crap like this is it's just tugging at every bit of your nostalgia but then when i played through the second time on hard mode and i'm just like Wow, this it really isn't as good as I first first thought. I, I was really just so high on you know the mm. you know the nostalgia, the, members, the, the nostalgia member of it. You're hungry for yeah. context, Chris, because you're thinking about playing the whole thing. And like Adam said, you're like, I don't know who this guy is. I do, but mm-hmm. I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, and that's and you're not expecting to get him until the second or third game of this, you know. And they give him to you in such an epic, cool way. But then you go back, and be like, well, what does that mean? For the story as a whole, what does the Kingdom Hearts mean for the story as a whole? And it basically means, hey, guys, I hope you liked your Final Fantasy VII the way you remember it. Because from now on, it's going to be whatever we want. <laughs> and if you like Kingdom Hearts three, you're the only ones who are going to like this. Yeah. Well, Mike, to go, bring up the point you were telling me. How about you? How you, you got bait and switch because you thought the giant thing was what? Oh, well, I thought, yeah, they chewbacca us with Barrett. Right? Like uh, Rise of the Skywalker, you know, oh, Chewbacca's dead. And then literally like one scene later, oh, yeah. he's alive. Yeah. I, I was, was like, holy shit. Well, this yeah. is an epic change. I wasn't expecting it. I guess I'm on yes. board. Like this is an emotional thing. I love Barrett in this game. I really got attached to him. And then they kill him. Yeah. Only to be like, no, the whispers say that's not going to happen. And then it's like, well, then why the fuck are we doing anything? Get Jesse back while we're at it, please. I need that pizza. Well, but and Mike, that's the other thing. In just a much more small moment where you're like, okay, Jesse throws the grenade. Oh, okay, it's getting away from her. Catch, toss back at her. She explodes. I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah. But to like basically go back on the Barrett thing, it's like, then I don't understand what beats are you're trying to achieve here. As you gave us a beat and you took it away. Yeah, especially, like I said, the emotional trade-off, like, Marlene mm-hmm. having like now her only father that she knows of is dead for real. Like, you know, that was a, that's a, a pretty decent emotional trade off. But the other thing I was, I was actually alluding to as well is when oh. the giant heartless thing steps in, what did you think it was at first? Oh fuck. The, I thought it was Sapphire weapon. Yeah. I thought the planet was creating a weapon to defend itself from like the explosion of Shinra and the Maka. Like the planet was creating a giant weapon like diamond or emerald in the original. Uh, and there was always a rumor that Sapphire weapon was the one that Junon blew up with the cannon because it never gets a name. It's like, what if that Sapphire weapon showing up for the first time and you have to defeat it? I'm like, that's sick to give us a weapon battle in the remake. Like, like to- that would have been, but no, it's yeah. just a heartless. Yeah, it would have been like it would have been so dope, like that <laughs> some that the Dementors at least like they summoned the they, planet's yeah, will. They summoned a weapon. They summoned weapon to stop you. Like that would have been impressive from but, fucking up shit. Instead, it's just something that's not even from in universe. Because it's, yeah, because yeah. it's something that is a guardian of the planet anyway. So it would have been perfect. Like, but they didn't do it. Did, no, fake did you guardian. guys get that notification on PlayStation that was like, no more screenshots? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No more. <laughs> I got, I mean, I I was ready to, you know, have a bad reaction to whatever was going to be different. I did know, I didn't know what was different, but I knew that, like, I'd seen a tweet or two that was like, wait for the ending. The ending's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was so hyped 
when my PlayStation was like, you're not taking footage of this. Like, this is going to be wild. <laughs> and it sure was. And I was pretty buckled in, but I, I was, I loved the Dementor swarming Shinra. I thought it was cool. So, but I think the big question is, did you guys just want the same game or is it okay that there are changes? I, for me, you know, I wanted the main beats of Final Fantasy VII realized in, in an exciting, dynamic new way, which for the times when it did that, minus the Dementors, it was awesome to see that. 95%, would you yeah, say? Yeah, you know, that's what I wanted, but now we're off the rails, and so that's where I'm at. I, I just wanted the same, st- it's like I said, it's a classic piece of literature. It has story beats, it has character moments, and they need to stay intact. But now, the whole last two-thirds of the book have been thrown out the window, and we're winging it. Future's murky. Mm-hmm. Chris, what about Except you? for the behaviors of everyone in Shinra, that was per- like, that's perfection, right? Like all, yeah. like God, it was like it was so good that like Reeve is the only good one, uh-huh, and the whole time that they're just dirty fucks, like the like setting up that double like, cross, straight up, yeah, that yeah, that up. was good. So like I, I love that that they kept that original stuff, and I'm okay with, I'm okay with them doing different things. That's fine, but. I guess I'm biased because of the perception that it was going to eventually end up being Kingdom Hearts because of who was behind the helm, even though he was involved in the original. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still liked it a lot, a lot because you know it's it's just visually beautiful and like it, you know, the things that I wanted, I got out of it. I got to see Midgar, and like even though I did like horribly hate at the times where there was it's just a straight a to b like there's no going backwards there's no exploration i mean it's kind of a to b in midgar anyway just not to this extent and doing like the you know the episodes where you can go back to episodes instead of just you know there's a final point then you get access to all of midgar to just run around like kind of like you would in the game but as far as that goes i i am okay with it being a different game just because i don't think they could have done the same things the exact same exact same way and it would have been good because of the facts that you know some of the stuff is a little stale in the OG but there are some things that are heavily missed out on the OG but you know nothing's going to be perfect but I just am very concerned about where we go from here because this was so extremely linear because I'm because I'm thinking I'm hoping yeah. like maybe if they're going to do the multiple ending format, you know, where you can make mm, where you can make the OG decisions when you get, you know, and, you know, Aerith could die and all that stuff and you can save the planet with Holy or something else has to happen. Like maybe there will be because there's multiple outcomes to, to some of the other scenarios anyway, you know, like chapter 14, whoever you talk to depends on your actions throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can do it that way, but I'm still concerned about what are they going to do with the open world? Like, and plus, I mean, think of how, like, the screenshots I sent you, Mike, how ungodly strong my characters are right now. Will they carry over? And some of those... Oh, you guys don't think Yuffie's going to steal all your materia and that'll be kind of leveled down? That's how they open the next game is you lose all your shit? <laughs> that, that's another... I think that's probably that's what it'll be. That's another thing I'm very scared of. It's like... All the, if you're going to do all this grinding, but then the game is just, since it only gives you one of each of those really good materials that, because you can't, when you max a materia, a new one's not born, which I forgot to talk, t- 
touch upon that in the gameplay aspect. That yeah, but that's how the original works. That's how the original works. But then I'm thinking, like, maybe later you'll get the ability to spawn new materia or something. But Or there'll be a vendor yeah. who does that yeah. sort of job. Yeah, that's a, yeah that would be... Yeah, like Bugenhagen. You, yeah, like, you take it to him and he can... Yeah, like, maybe when you get... Maybe even after you get the big materia, like, that's when you can use that to, to spawn new materia or something. But... Yeah, I'm, it's a mystery. I'm okay. I'm okay with it being a different game. I am because they couldn't pull off the same, they couldn't pull off the same thing twice. I mean, nothing is ever going to be as good as the original. I just have look at Doctor yeah, Pepper Twenty Three. Can't touch the original. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Adam. And that's the oh, best, yeah. and that's and that's just my final point. I mean, that's the best part about this, right? You always have the original to just play. So. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, yeah. you get to look at this, you Very get to see true. what Midgar looks like, but, you know, if you don't like it, you can always play the original, which is always a great experience every single time. <laughs> so that's true. That's where I stand. I'm concerned that the open world is not going to be as open as I want it to. All right, Adam? I, I'm I'm in full agreement there. I, I mean, I I never thought that something could replace the original. It's so easy to play now. I'm playing it on my Switch right now. I, I have it in my pocket. It's there. It's preserved. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad this exists. I had a great time with it. Super weird time in the world. Great time to play a game about, you know, environmental terrorists. Uh, made me feel real good. <laughs> uh, I, you know, some of the changes were exciting to play through. And I try to judge, like, media on my, like, if I was someone who was going to watch this movie once, how was it? And uh, I, I enjoyed my playthrough. I was a little disappointed with the ending. Nervous about what's coming up next, but also, like, you know, it's exciting to not have a one-to-one and be like, how bad is it going to be? It's like, it's kind of like it is with Star Wars. I have the Final Fantasy VII that I love. If they're making a new one and it's awful, it's going to be really fun to talk about. Um, So, and also, basically, they they really did cover Midgar, like, pretty one-for-one. And that's my favorite chunk of the game, so at least I've got that. (laughs) <laughs> I've got my my favorite my favorite part of the game fully realized. Awesome. All right, I think that's kind of a perfect time to maybe jump over to the wrap up then, talk our final thoughts on Final Fantasy 7 here and we'll get out of here, boys. But what about my money? <laughs> We're back. We're talking the wrap-up here on all things Final Fantasy VII. We gave you a lot of our thoughts, but we're going to try to condense it down here. I kind of also want to know from you guys, um, is Final Fantasy VII your favorite Final Fantasy game? It's not mine. Mine was number nine, uh, and I like how I like my Zeldas with Wind Waker. I think they kind of went the same way, where it was a fun, cartoony experiment that immediately people were like, no, back to the realism. Because from Final (laughs) Fantasy X on, it's like... I mean, I made the joke, but it's J-pop actors, mm-hmm. right? Final Fantasy 15 is boy band on a road trip for for sure. Yeah, I mean, truly, yeah. truly, Mike. So I, you know, but back to Final Fantasy 7. This is one of the best games of all time. Adam's playing it on the Switch. I am going to do that now. I'm going to finally bust my cherry on the original game and just get my hands on it and just absorb that culture because, like I said, it's been such a huge part of my gaming life, even though I've never touched it. Like that, I'm excited for. And the new stuff, like the remake. It is. It's great. I don't care about the left field stuff. You know, it's it's just an interesting, weird new thing. Like you guys said, the original will always be there. 
Yeah, I'll have to agree with you there. I mean, Final Fantasy VII is, you know, my favorite Final Fantasy, but it's like, you know, you'll never forget your first love. It's also my first Final Fantasy, and I think that's the way the series goes a lot is whatever someone's first one is generally going to be their favorite, whether that was 6, 8, 10. A lot of people started with 13, and they love 13 and 13 too and all that crap. It's not crap. If you like it, you're allowed to like it, you know. That blows my mind. It is crap. But people love that stuff, and for me, 7 is is it, you know, is my favorite, and... I grew up playing this game on the couch next to Chris, and it's just crazy to be here 23 years later still talking about that same game, albeit in a new form. Um, So in that respect, it's had a huge impact on my life, and I'm glad to have more of it. A little concerned for the future uh, about it, uh, but I'm glad that it's still here and still relevant because it is so important to me. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, I feel feel very lucky to... uh, to be a part of, of this conversation, like it, it really does just stand out in my mind that for whatever reason, my dad was like, that looks terrible, but maybe I'm open to my son liking things that I hate. And, uh, <laughs> you got a great history th- with this. I love that moment, dude. <laughs> that, like, uh, it's had a huge impact on, on my life because I'd say it's definitely my favorite Final Fantasy game. Uh, it's in my top two games of all time, I'd say, at, at least top three. And... Um, yeah, I'd, if I was gonna rate this on a rating, I'd give I'd give the remake like an eight out of ten. I feel like um, I'm really happy I got to play it. Um, I'm happy that I get to talk to people about it again. You know, like it's it's cool to uh, it's cool to have an excuse to to nerd out about Final Fantasy VII, and I'm gonna have that excuse for maybe two or three more discs. Who knows what, yes. what they're going to throw at the us. Minimum. Even if I'm angry about it, I'll just pull out my, my Switch and uh, be fine. True, true, true. Chris, got a rating here? Any other final thoughts? Uh, the remake of or the remake is... I'd probably give it after doing... You can give them both a rating, yeah. I'd say, I'd say after... I'd say the on normal mode, I'd, I'd give the remake probably around 8 out of 10. You know, it's, it, it's on par with anything that's out there now. Uh, Mm -hmm. the hard mode, I'd give it like a six. Like it's really, it was the laziest thing. And I'll tell you why just really quick, because you can't use items, but instead of being able to pick up new things out of the chest, like better things than what you have and better materia, it just gives you the same items, which you can't use anyway. So 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 weird. What's the point? There's really, I, I wasted that time playing it because there's no, there's nothing in it, but the little uh, manuscripts for the weapons, which is. What's it, what's that going to do? Make you stronger for normal mode? Like it's, it does nothing. So that's why I give it probably a six out of ten on the hard mode because it's just I wouldn't even if if you're like a OCD completionist. No disrespect to OCD people like me, but I'm a completionist that way. You know, if you're not, I would not play the hard mode. So yeah, six out of ten for me. But whatever the next one's going to be, I'm going to buy it. And whatever the next one after that's going to be, I'm going to buy it because final fantasy seven is my favorite RPG of all time. And it's more, it's actually a hobby. Wow. It's a hobby to me than it is a game. Oh no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And what, where do you give the original? I love oh, that. the original is 10 out of 10. Boom. I love that game. <laughs> Beyond I, 10 gold only, star platinum. The only other final fantasy that's 10 out of 10 alongside with the original is tactics. And the and the yes. and the two, the yes. two like all three of the tactics games, all those are perfect. There, there's there's nothing wrong with those at all. Agree, Adam. What do you give the OG was, by the way? If after you're done with that thought, um, the 
The way I've categorized it before is that it is absolutely my favorite JRPG, but I think Chrono Trigger oh, yeah. is better. Hmm. That's that's more like iconic, I think that's just a more say, accessible um, game because I played that game with no nostalgia glasses on. So I'll never be able to separate the original, uh, but yeah, in my heart it's a 10 out of 10. It's it it makes me so happy. Nice. Colin as a um Armchair quarterback of the Final <laughs> Fantasy VII franchise. Well, how do you how do you feel about these things? Before I have a couple last thoughts, and I'll I'll mention my score as well. I'm I'm excited. I'm it's you know Chris brought up some interesting points that I didn't even think about, like the overworld walking around, going between towns. How are they going to do that in the next video games? I think there's some exciting stuff, and we know that Enora's already talked about like no, we're working on it. Like we're cranking this thing out before we even got this one released. Like there's they're putting some sweat and tears into it. He said he wants to release the next game ASAP. They also said they don't know how many they're going to do. So yeah. we will see. And that, Ooh, hold on, I don't like that and, comment, Mike. That well, scares and the and shit that guy, out of me. The other thing it kind of makes me think. That guy that they're gonna, maybe going to do things out of order, open world. Is that guy that's laying on top of the building in Walmart? He says he would love to fly the Relinka airplane. It's like he they, he brings he's talking about it first thing. So I don't know if you're they're alluding to going to Rocket Town first thing or what. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get Sid. Yeah, and I, I I just want to drive that freaking sweet buggy on the overworld. But mm-hmm. we've already have a Final Fantasy <laughs> game where you drive a buggy in the overworld, and that's fifteen, and that was not the greatest yeah, open you world. Push the car for thirty minutes, oh my Mike. God. Boo. Oh my god! And it make and it literally takes three in time real world minutes to cross the world in that game. It's so huge, but so painful. <laughs> so I hope we don't go down that road. I have not a lot of confidence in Nomura because how many video games did we get in between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3? Probably like 10. They were all named Kingdom Hearts, but none of them were named Kingdom Hearts 3. So how many Final <laughs> Fantasy 1.26s are we going to get? Oh right? uh, I, I can't th- wait to play it on my seven. phone. Right? Yeah. It's going to be seven. I of think them. Video Game Donkey. Uh, oh, that's a great idea, Adam. Video Game Donkey did a really great review. And what he said is in the original game, you grinded the combat to get the story, but in the remake, you grind the story to get the combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, what a surprise. I think that is a perfect oh. way of comparing the two. Um, I give the remake a seven out of 10. Nice. Uh, due to its padding. Um, and no failing issues. grades from you three. It, that's it's, good. It's gorgeous. It's a work of love. You can yeah. tell they cared. The soundtrack is inspiring not quite as good as the original because what can be but they they really did the visuals are there combat is tight materia is there it's got everything you want it just has a little bit too much stuff that you didn't want um yeah but i'll be here same thing with chris it's 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 a hobby if it says final fantasy 7 on it i will probably acquire that thing yeah um and the original is 10 out of 10 in my heart too even though it's probably got flaws i'm giving it a 10 out of 10 and you just got to deal with it Yep. Yep. And uh, that's my thoughts well, wait, on the Final Fantasy what, VII. Why, why was your ten out of ten on the original again? Because of the you said the models. That wasn't that what it was. You said uh, yes, <laughs> the square hands. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just love those polygons, baby. I, I just needed the hand job cutscene in, <laughs> oh, in the polygons. That, All right. On that, that this has been Final Fantasy VII, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Great, uh, great normies. Great walkthrough on this. We're telling you, if you love this game, I have a feeling listeners loved this game. The people that this podcast is a demographic for, you grew up with this. I just know you did. So thank you for tuning along. Um, you can find our, our, our uh, guests here all over the place. Uh, Adam, you've got a great podcast. You've guested on this podcast several times. You did Star Wars, Sonic. We've got May the 4th coming up here, Normies. More uh, Star Adam, Wars? after our Star Wars episodes. No, we're never doing more Star <laughs> Wars episodes. Mandalorian. And I will shout out. Oh, that's true. We could do a Mando episode. 
But I will shout out and give praise to Adam here. He got us some original cuts of the Star Wars trilogy. I've watched the first one here. I'm holding off the rest for May 4th, man. I'm going to be thinking about you on that day, dude. Nice. I'm so glad you guys have those. They are uh, amazing ways to watch those If movies. there's anything that's... Please, but plug. Plug your podcast. Yeah, yeah plug anything, guys. Yeah, you can, uh, you can catch... Uh, uh, Colin and Mike on my podcast, Readin' Heathens. That's R-E-A-D-I-N-H-E-A-T-H-E-N-E-S dot com, I believe. Nailed it. Uh, it's, an, it's an unholy Bible study. Um, hopefully you guys will be on again soon. I still got to get Jacob and Joe on there. Uh, but but yeah, that's where you can find me. Also, twitch.tv slash hostedpod. Um, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Uh, oh, come joy. on. We loved and, uh, having you, dude. Uh, Chris, I think you're the, the coolest watching you uh, tell Mike by memory how to find things in Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. I was just like, oh, man, this is who I wanted to be when I was in Wall Market for 10 hours. Well, <laughs> follow Chris, too. Follow Chris on Twitch. He's Leroy Flankens. Well, if, any, if any of you guys play through it, you want me to join your comments and guide you, I'll, I'll, pr- I'll prime it up for you as, as uh, Kai <laughs> as Kaita says. <laughs> Shout, yeah, he's Prima Guides the guy. <laughs> shout out. Shout Hell out yeah, dude. Squad. I love that nickname. Yo, Prima's well, here. Except the Bra- Brady games. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Brady games did the Final did, Fantasy right. guide. They did. That's a good pull. That's a good pull. Well, you know, May the 4th coming up, Star Wars and uh, Final Fantasy have a couple things in common. It's that the people creating them can't stop messing with them. So we'll see where this goes. <laughs> And we'll see, see where the podcast Adam's kind of right. Maybe we should have done Aprilocalypse and included Final Fantasy there. So go back, listen to those Aprilocalypse episodes, listen to this one as well. As always, hit us up at normies underscore like underscore us, where you can rate, review, subscribe for the podcast. Let us know what you want us to cover. We love that, guys. Please. Yep. And final things here. This is our 96th episode. We were one away from having it the same year of release oh. for the game, but we're coming up on number 100, so stay tuned for that spectacular. Oh, we should have saved this for seven. We should have saved it for 97, but we couldn't wait to talk about this game. So be sure to stay tuned, guys. Once again, this has been Mako Mike. Cloud Colin. Joined by our guests. Adam Gainsborough. <laughs> Chris Highwind. <laughs> All right, Normies. <laughs> I'm about to break my limit. I got to get out of here. <laughs> Ooh, bust that limit, buddy. Use that materia. Bye. 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 Thanks, guys. Hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right. A little bit of Mako reactor action already. First thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's Mac- or Mako, as they say now. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pronunciation debates in this episode, so get ready. But what about my money? Can't say that every break. Cloud the did. Mayor. It's the best. <laughs> the it's the best. It's the best. We don't have mayo here. I just realized, as you said, hip to be square. We could have said hip to be square. Soft. Hip to be. Or... Yeah, this is just square, Mike. This is not square yeah, soft. You, yeah, you yeah. can't say soft anymore. That's like WWF with the bears, right? That's right. <laughs> well, my hands That's are only uh, six pixels, so...
<laughs> Six polygon hands. That's the square I'm talking about. <laughs> that right. hand massage. <laughs> With my square block <laughs> hand. Where Ooh, was that cut? I scene? see you in that dress, right. Mike. You look beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.